51 of Mooncast. In a moment I'm going to get Joe Parsons back on the phone again on Skype. I know the quality is not always great when I record on Skype, but it's the only way I have of recording it, I'm afraid. We'll do the best we can. Um, we're going to be discussing Leshevolt again. I'm not going to be doing as much about fawns, I don't think. We will mention the fawns, um, but we did a fawn episode, so if you want to know more about the fawns, then um, check out that episode. Um, now I have obviously also already done two episodes about Leshevolt before, introducing Leshevolt and Leshevolt continued there earlier uh, in the series. Recorded those with Tom. Um, now the reason I'm doing another one about Leshevolt too, the three reasons I'm doing another about Leshevolt. Uh, firstly, they will hopefully be out for retail soon. Um, I'm recording this towards the middle of April 2020, and we're in the middle of the, of the coronavirus lockdown. Well, not middle, we're four weeks in, I think, as how far we're into the middle of coronavirus lockdown, so nothing's being released at the moment. But they would have been released by now. So I think it's a good time to, to do a podcast on them. Another reason is, since that podcast we did at the Kickstarter, uh, things have changed. So a few of the cards have changed, and the abilities have changed, there have been tweaks from here and there. Quite a lot of tweaks to just about every single character, actually, since that one. So I thought it was good to do almost like an updated version of the Letter Vault. Um, characters. Uh, third reason is I'm really excited to discuss these with Joe. Um, I'll do a quick background again. I've obviously mentioned Joe a few times and he's been on here before to discuss goblins. Uh, met Joe a couple of years ago now, or a year ago actually, uh, at the last Moonstone Grand Tournament. He won. Uh, I played against him in that as well. He's an exceptionally good player. Um, he's one of the best people I've ever met in terms of gaming, at sort of seeing synergies and putting combos together. Really, really good at it. Really powerful sort of player. Did a lot of playtesting for Moonstone, and he's really helped shape um, sort of the competitive side of the game, and and, and also balancing out the player, the characters as well. He's been, he's been a real asset actually. Um, and also doing his near Tom, so they they get to do playtesting together, which is great. So I'm excited to see what he has to say about Leshevolt. I know a bit, because I've spoken to him before, about sort of synergies and things with Leshevolt, and we discuss it together. Me, me, him, and Tom do a lot of discussion about um, playtesting. Uh, so I, I know bits and pieces, but I will be really interested to hear what he has to say. Um, <clears throat> a couple of other things just to mention. Uh, I'm recording this on in an evening when my wife is at work and I have two small children so if for some reason you've noticed that the, the recording seems to cut out and then restart it's because I will have stopped the recording because I just heard one of my children wake up um I try to avoid recording their their noises as it were when they when they start stirring um so that's just the way it is that's, um uh, I'll try to make sure there's not too much of interruption but that that could happen um, it has happened before that I've had to record some of a podcast and then stop it recording on another day when they've woken up and when I wake too long, but I hope that won't happen. Generally speaking, they sleep quite well now, but I thought I'd just give that as a pre-warning. Um, also, before recording the podcast, I put a little post on the Moonstone Players Facebook group asking basically what people want us to talk about. Um, obviously, I've got certain things I want to talk about anyway, and we'll talk about how the, you know, the, the builds and combos and how they play and the discussion. But one thing people were interested in, a few people mentioned, was the background and sort of the narrative behind some of the characters. Um, now, I'm slightly wary about saying too much on the background, mainly because the second hardback rulebook that will be coming out hopefully at some point this year 
Um, obviously, there's been delays with coronavirus, but we'll be coming out this year. That's going to have a full narrative story about Leshevolt and obviously backgrounds, bios of all the characters and and the scenarios and things as well. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mention. I think think if I can help it, anything that's going to appear in that second book. Um, I'm part of the team that's helping to sort of write and edit that that, that narrative text. And I don't want to spoil it. Um, there's a lot of effort going into that, and I don't want to, I don't want to ruin it basically. But what I will be using um, to add to the background, I'll be I'll be talking generally about. I'll be giving some sort of some vague stuff that I know about the characters, but I'll also be using the rather wonderful book that came as a as an add-on in, in the Kickstarter, the Treasures and Tyrants of Torba. Um, I think it was a real shame that not more people back that because it's such a lovely little book to own. So I will be using that to talk about certain parts, um, mainly the witches um and the cursed they feed they feature quite heavily in it so i'll be using bits of that um it's a wonderful little little book um so yeah just a sort of pre-warning on that but we'll also be discussing you know how the characters play where they're useful what their sort of strength and weaknesses are how they play together as a leshevolt faction but also how you can mix them in with your commonwealth and your dominion as well because quite a few characters that can play in commonwealth um and as Quite a few that can play with Dominion as well. So we'll also talk about how they can mix with the goblins and the fairies and the gnomes and the humans that we've already got as well. Okay, that'll do for an intro, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not, I can't really cover the sort of, one of my regular features, which is like the where we're at feature at the moment. We're kind of static at the moment um, because we can't really move in any direction with the, with the lockdown as it is. Um uh, one thing I will add, actually, though, is if you're feeling itchy for some Moonstone games, then do try out the tabletop simulator. Um, I haven't had a chance to try it out, I'm afraid, yet myself, mainly because I don't actually have a computer available to play it on. I don't actually own a PC or a laptop that can play it, but I do. It's it's getting quite good reviews, and it's been, I'm hands down to the guy. I can't remember what his name is now. I feel really bad. I can't remember his name. I'll try and find it and mention it before the end. Hands down to the guy who's been who's who's created it. He's done a fabulous job, and um, there's a real it's a real team effort. Someone else has done some of some renders of the models to, so you, you've actually got models that are moving around the board and things. And he's really listening to the community. People are suggesting things, and he's adding it. And he's, he's it's it's lovely actually to see people contributing to the game. Um, and actually, um, I've, I've noticed that the, the Moonstone Players Group is actually a lot much busier now than it has been before. I think people are at home and painting and things, and it's. It's great to see the game seems to be going in the right direction at the moment. This, you know, we're still selling stuff in spite of the lockdown. Um, people seem to be more interested. We're, we're gaining more goblins in the goblin scheme as well, which I'm in charge of. Um, there's more promotion stuff going on, so it's all looking quite rosy at the moment. I think. Um, obviously, Tom is still working incredibly hard um, to keep the game going. He's the real um, sort of spearhead at the, at the front of this project, but. Um, it looks like we are gaining more support and more people around us to, to help push this game forward. So yeah, that's, that definitely now is, is like enough of an introduction. So I will stop there and I'll see if I can get Joe on the phone. Here we go. So we've got Joe, uh, Joe's on the line. Good evening. Um, me and Joe had a bit of a chat already about how this is hopefully going to go. Um, I'm going to start 
we're going to go truth box by truth box essentially, and then I'm going to start each truth box with a bit of law and background on them because that's what we've asked for, and then we'll discuss uh, how they play and, and combos and, stra- and strategies and strategies <laughs> with. Um, so we're going to start with the troop box called the Witch in Time, which is the three witches. Zoya, the Dawn Witch, Danica, the Dusk Witch, and Antonia, the Noonday Witch. And they basically represent kind of young, middle-aged, and old, as it were. Um, anyone who's seen the models, like Do- uh, Zoya, who's the Dawn Witch, is sort of a young woman. Um, Antonia is basically kind of middle-aged, um, sort of plump woman who cooks a lot of soup and stuff. And Danica's this kind of twisted old witch. Now, the interesting thing about the background of these three is they're not actually women. Um, although the, the models are, and the sort of the artwork is all that three women, they aren't actually people. Um, they just take the form of three women um, and of three sisters. They're not sisters either, but they take the form of these three things. They're, they're actually spirits. And obviously on the card it, underneath their name, it just says spirit. It doesn't say human, doesn't say noble. They aren't human. They are. They are. They are purely spirits. Um, and it's kind of hinted at that they are. They're, they're possibly possessing these bodies, or they're able to actually change their appearance, um, and they appear in different ways. Um, so you kind of think of them as three as three sisters. They, they they kind of fill that role of the sort of traditional three witches, the kind of Macbeth almost. Um, three witches, but unlike that, like I said, they aren't they aren't human. So, just to give a bit of background on each one, a little bit. So Danica, um, actually, she's a kind of twisted old. She's supposed to represent like the past, things that have already happened. So, sort of aging and decrepitness. Um, and just a little bit. I'm going to read a little bit from the Treasures and Tyrants box. That uh, box book. <laughs> um, so she lives in the Swamp of Sorrows they all live in the Swamp what's called the Swamp of Sorrows and there's a nice little rhyme that goes with this so it goes one, two, Danica comes for you three, four, watch for the door five, six, beware of her tricks seven, eight, don't take the bait nine, ten, be in the dusk again um, it's a nice little poem and then I'll give a, read this tiny little bit here it's a bit of background it's, so this book is written from the point of view of like a traveller called, uh, what's he called, called Percival Bothingsworth Esquire. And he's written, In all my years of studying the myths of Torba, none appear to be older, that's that thing about, about the age, than the infamous counting of Danica, said to be hundreds of years old. There were stories of gnomish children from before even the founding of the old kingdom of Stormguard was writing this rhyme while dancing in circles. Most notably, this rhyme, like much of the others I have chronicled, appears to have originated from the swamps of sorrows and nearby townships. When I asked, I found that these gnomish children all spoke of Danica like she was a real person who could appear from any reflective surface. You said her name three times. So she is a real person, but she's kind of spoken to and it's got a myth and legend of being exceptionally old. Um, they got Antonia. Um, she's supposed to be more kind of like Danica's quite sort of sinister and that, that sort of stereotypical sort of gnarled old witch was Antonia is quite sort of nice and welcoming um but her poem goes beware the noonday swamp my child when the sun is fat and the beasts are wild don't stray from the patch that runs clear if you stop you'll have more than fuzzbugs to fear never eat the treats you may find in a trail for your breathing stops and your heart will fail 
And basically the myth of this one goes that she leaves treats out to try and um, tempt people into to, to her. Um, but in the story of um, uh, Percival Boffing, Boffingsworth, when he meets her, he doesn't even realise she's a witch. She just makes him a nice soup and he goes on his way. Um, so she can be quite sort of friendly as well. And then the last one is Zoya, who I think is actually, to me, is almost the most sinister of all, because she's this sort of beautiful young woman who's actually properly evil. <laughs> um, so her rhyme goes, Ten little apples sitting on the floor. One ate some candies and asked for more. First came the shivers, then next came the pox. Then one little apple was found in a box. Um, and she represents sort of stealing of youth. So her the, the myth around her is that she poisons young children and then kidnaps them. She's pretty mean. Um, so, yeah, that's a bit of the background on them. Um, to put it sort of simply, Zoya is your, your melee character after the three. Antonia is your sort of healing and she can move people around kind of thing. And Danica is your cursing one. Um, I'm trying to think, shall we go... Shall I quickly read through the cards, Joe, and then we'll I'll let you talk about how they play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I could definitely go for a uh, sort of brief overview for them. Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll give a quick brief overview of each card, literally just saying what's on it and what they do, and then I'll let, I'll leave you if that's all right to talk about using them. Um, Sounds good to me. So, so Zoya is melee four, range one, arcane two, evade zero. They're all evade zero. Um, well, I think there's about these three. They've all got something. So she's got a link to the present. So if Antonia's on the board, then she gets plus one energy during the replenish step, which gives her four. She's got an ability called Mesmerizing. So if you're engaged by her, before you want to jog step or reaction step, you've got to discard one energy. The idea that, that she's just kind of so beautiful that you can't quite bring yourself to move. She's got Swift. She can make a two-inch um, reaction step once per turn if she's engaged. Then she's got Visions of the Future. This is an uh, incredibly useful ability, which I'll let you talk about more in a bit, Joe, which is target other friendly character immediately suffers one catastrophe um, printed on their card. And then she's got Violent Impulse, which is a uh, pink, uh, and basically it's plus X damage until the end of the turn. And the catastrophe is that everyone within four inches gets plus one melee. And she has eight health and three energy. And her um, signature, which is actually on a high guard, does damage. That's the interesting thing with all these three is that their signature moves like a guard they're played on. So her high guard does damage rather than um, being a dark one. And then Antonia is melee three, range one, arcane four. She's got Link to the Past. So if Danica's on the board, she gets plus one arcane stat. She's got a standard healing spell. So she's got candy apples, eight inch range, move target, uh, X plus one directly towards this character. And then visions of the present. I like this one, visions of the present. Target suffers an amount of wounds equal to the number of wounds they've already suffered. Um, so it's particularly brutal if you're hitting, uh, hitting a giant with lots of wounds taken. Yeah, it's, it's a very just... situational one, but if it goes off right, Most it is. Or... <laughs> well, it's particularly good against giants as well, because then yeah. you've got six cards it's only played on a blue or pink three it's quite hard to get but i have to, i have done it before where i've just killed gotchka in one go because he's taken oh, yeah. sort of seven and he just dies immediately and it's just terrible things like that last one danica melee two range one arcane five she's got link to the future so if zoya is on the board she regains two wounds at the start of each replenish that's pretty good then 
this one, which I really like, Medal with Fate. Uh, she can draw three cards from the arcane deck for each spirit in play. That includes herself. Um, and then she can take as many of them out as she likes and place them sort of, sort of face down next to her card. 320 removed suffers two wounds, and you shuffle the remaining ones back into the deck. So basically she has a way of removing just removing cards from the deck, full stop, um, which is really good. Then she's got Puppeteer. Um, so target gains puppets. So basically you cast it on someone, and then they gain puppets for the rest of the game. And then in her activations, as long as she's within 18 inches of line of sight, she can make them do stuff with her energy, which is quite... Um, it's quite scary. It means that your opponent really has to think about where they place people. And the last one, for her vision to the past, uh, target restores all wounds and all energy. So that's pretty good. Again, it's quite hard to get off. It's on a green or red three. Um, her signature is on a thrust, but basically it deals no damage and she just suffers. Um, she, she suffers no damage when she does it, and she can exchange places with a friendly spirit within eight. So that's quite fun. And Antonia's signature is on falling swing. Doesn't do any damage, but it's called Deception, and she can then counter against a Falling Swing and a Rising Attack, and she suffers minus two damage. Right. That's a lot of me talking all in a row. <laughs> <laughs> so, so are you right if I let you... Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll have a crack at it. Yeah, uh, yeah I, th- I guess those need to be done in a row, because, um, I mean, I haven't tried it. I've, I've not really been tempted to do so. They don't really operate well on their own. Because, I mean, if you're looking at, well, get on to the, I'll get on to more explicitly why in a second, but a lot of how Danica operates is she's dealing herself tons of wounds all the time, all the time. So she needs her link to the future to get uh, her wounds back so she doesn't, you know, off herself. And then if you're taking the other one, then if you're taking the other one to give her her regeneration, you might as well take the other one to buff the other two. So they, yeah. they should always yeah. be considered together. They're very, you shouldn't really consider them as individuals. Yeah, which is un- unlike just about any other troop box that you can get, actually. Mm. Um, these word is like, you can obviously play them as a three, as individually, and they're, yeah. that, those linked to the past, linked to the present, linked to the future, they, they used to be even stronger um, uh, before, we, before, we, before it was changed. Mm. But, but you're right. It would, it would be kind of like, why would you not take all three? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You take one, you're already using Lesher Vault anyway. Because they're only they're only Leshevolt. So why would you not take the other two? Because they're all really good as well. I mean, like every character in the game is good and has its place, but they do function really well as a three. So you'd be stupid not to. Yeah, yeah. I think the, I think Antonia's buff is the, like the the plus one arcane is the the least useful. But to get that, you need Danica, and Danica's, well, phenomenal. So. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you can drop one one of them, but it just doesn't seem it doesn't seem worth it for my last try. But I've not tried it, so I might be completely wrong on that one. So, yeah, I have seen Antonio. I have played a game forward only. I think Antonio, you're right. Antonio is the only one I think that you can just kind of use by yourself because she still serves a good role as basically a healer and a mover. Yeah. Um, Probably- so I've I played. I've played a game without the other two, just Antonio. She did. Yeah, she played fine because Arcane Four was still good. Um. And if you're playing against like humans who tend to have either evade zero or or plus evades, then it doesn't really matter anyway. Yeah. If it's fairies, then no, you you'd want Danica to give her the plus one. But yeah. Um it, yeah, there's higher higher evade stats, it's usually okay. Yeah. Um yeah. 
So, uh, well, whilst we're on Antonia, I'll start, start on Antonia. Yeah, she's probably the... Uh, she's probably one of the more straightforward ones of the three, in my opinion. Because, I mean, she has a, she has a heal, point heal, healing. It's uh, if, you, if you've played one game of Moonstone, I'm pretty sure you've seen healing and you know what it does. <laughs> yeah, It's the, the names on the tin, really, and it's exactly the same for all characters who have the words healing. Um... Candy apples is it's a it's a different type of lure effect because I mean most of them in the game so far are yeah you just push them towards you but this one is it's also damage baked in sometimes so but it's not target enemy so you can use it on your friends yes very nice yeah no candy apples I mean there's a reason why it costs three and uses a pool of energy because it is mm. Yeah, I'd used it again before where I'd like pulled someone off a moonstone and then also dealt three wounds. It's just oh, nice. Just really big. You just if you're using it on your own models, you've got to be careful that they don't end too close to Antonia. Or oh, you've got to be careful. Yeah, you want, um, to, be, yeah, yeah. You want, you want to be plenty far away so that doesn't happen. You want to move her first. So because you can you can do it so it's impossible for her to cause wounds, can't you? Yeah. Like you can get yourself in awkward positions with the terrain where they're guaranteed to clip on something before they you know, come too close to Antonia, which is always uh, exactly what you want, really. But also, you could also use it to your advantage. Let's say, for example, you had the Revenant, who only had two wounds left. You might, want... <laughs> <laughs> you might want to kill oh, it. Health. So, so there is that. I mean, that, that's very situational. Very situational. Yeah. But it could well, potentially be, it is, it is a very good way of moving the Revenant that you might want to move, especially if he's holding a Moonstone. You might want to be moving him away anyway. And then you you also give him all his health and energy back, so it could potentially be quite useful. Yeah, as it's a I can think of, to be honest with you. But <laughs> I think there's a lot of things in Moonstone which are generally it's a terrible idea unless it's the Revenant involved. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. generally, you shouldn't be using Fire Blast on your own models, but if you're targeting the Revenant, <laughs> it's it's exactly. somehow it's all right now. But yeah, yeah. Gen- and... Generally, you don't want to use foul gases on your own people unless it's the revenant unless it's the revenant yeah 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 i mean it becomes a healing gas then which is yes. yeah <laughs> but yeah and yeah but last thing on antonio's card like you're saying visions of the present it's situ it's situational it's if 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 it happens to come up it can be brutally effective but otherwise i mean i i just like the the healing and the candy apples especially the yeah. healing because of um well how the other two operate because they're a bit more i think a little less straightforward at least how i at least how i run them yeah i agree i think antonio is is quite straightforward she's yeah she's a healer and he's a mover um and basically you're going to be either healing or you're going to be moving that's pretty much it and there are potentially ways for her to do both mm-hmm. um there are ways for her to be able to do both but that takes preparation but she's a pretty. She's also quite a solid healer with Arcane Four. Yeah. She's going to get what? a blue, well, and, and particularly, and, and, and if she's got Danica, yeah. fucking fine. So right. that makes as good, as good a healer as Beaky Bobby, basically. Mm. So, um, yeah. so she is she is pretty useful for that. Um, like I said, yeah, I've used Vision of the Present probably only once, I think, and it was hitting yeah. a giant, and he did go down like a ton of bricks. Because, <laughs> Just no defense. You know, I think he'd suffered like I think he'd suffered like it was got gut, suffered seven wounds, and half his health. Literally the, the perfect scenario: a giant on half health hitting it, it loses the other half. Um, 
it's, 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 very, it's very masochistic, but just saying to your opponent, okay, here's my support, here's my healer. Oh, yeah, they're just on nine damage to your giant. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, what, I, what I do think about the vision to the present is that it's a deterrent to giants coming yeah. like, you. So it's like that thing of like, oh, God, I could, I could just shove Gotchka in up there, but if he suffers a few wounds, then Dan and then Antonia hits him, he's going to die. Mm. So because it gets through... It, it gets through things like the, t- the tough skin on Gristlenose and um, Boulder. Yeah. It's wounds. It's not damage, it's wounds. So mm. whereas they, those characters are normally like minus one or my, you know, minus two, they're not. They're just going to suffer the wounds. Yeah. So it's scary if you're... It's quite scary if you've got someone like Gristlenose. If he's gone... Let's say he's gone and attacked Zoya. He might have killed Zoya, but he's probably going to suffer some wounds in return. <laughs> and then Antonia comes in and gets revenge. And it's probably going to yeah. either finish him off or put him down to like two wounds. Yeah, I, I mean, all three of these are some brilliant anti-giant, anti-troll tech. It's yeah, yeah. But, um, we haven't even gotten to. The, I'll get onto the catastrophes on her in a minute because, uh, as I mean, obviously all of these these three have catastrophes, but um, they really come into their own when you start looking at Zoya. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I. I think what I want to who I want who would like to talk about next though is Danica because she's sort of at least how I play witches she always seems to be the even though the three of them are taken together she always seems to be the center point of the entire list for me because of um, not not even because of any, of her um, arcane abilities in their pure form it's normally the their arcane her arcane abilities in their catastrophe form because she's got some very nice catastrophes on her arcane abilities, to the point where I probably use the catastrophes more than the actual abilities themselves, really. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, let, I'll let you keep going. Yeah. Uh, right, so, yeah, the, she's got that, that Medal with Fate. It's, the, me, the Medal with Fate is, um, it depends what you're up against. I mean, for me, if I'm up against, I think the two biggest examples are a gnomish gunline and uh, Diana fairies. Because if you remove three arcane, if you know they're relying on one type of card, so the green cards for the gnomes, pink cards for Diana, and you can remove half of them from the deck, that's going to hugely skew the game in your favour. Especially if you can, especially if you can move a certain uh, numbers completely. So if you move all the twos or you move all the ones, then whenever they say uh, one green or two green, if you know you've got all of them under Danica, you know they're lying. So it's indirectly more damage and indirectly passive damage reduction for you. It's a very weird um, ability that you can't really crunch numbers on. It's just sort of, it just sort of happens in the background. Yeah, I found. I, I mean, I, I think it's personally, I think it's particularly good against uh, gnomish or well, sort of Commonwealth gun lines, mm. mainly because Leshevolt as a whole don't overly rely on green. I mean, you've got the shooting bow from like Chubb, but they're not massively bothered about losing green cards. Yet you've yeah. got Puppeteer and of the Path, which have both got green. Um, but so, I, yeah. If you can remove like the green three and the, and, a, and a green two, for example, from the list, suddenly that no much gun line is just no, not scary at all. I used it recently. I played against Jack. Now we played a slightly odd game where we played like blind lists, so we both came up with our lists, not discussing with each other at all what we were using. 
So he didn't know what I was going to bring. He, I didn't know what he was going to bring. I brought the three. I brought a letter on this. I brought three, which is um, the Revenant, Anya, and Daniel. And he brought basically a goblin, a traditional, a sort of traditional goblin list. So he had Russell, Grub, Shabaroon, Fire Spitter, and turn one, I removed the blue three and the blue two. So the Fire Spitter just couldn't <laughs> do it. So basically, the Fire Spitter was useless. Not useless, but it wasn't. Aww. I wasn't scared of it at all. So he didn't really do anything all game. He did a couple of goblins walking to a tavern, but he was fairly his fire ability. I wasn't scared of it, so I just charged Zoya at him because <laughs> I didn't have to worry about being fair hit. enough. So he was like, "Oh God." Um, I mean, he... and I mean, I'll go, I'll go on to the revenant later, but it was really good against that. The only thing that did affect is it was harder to heal people. Um, yeah. And then we both found that it was harder for both of us to heal people because his healing abilities were also on blue. Um, but it did, it did really, cha- it did really change the game because the yeah, because he that that goblin list he created was very much kind of built around the fire spitter, and then it couldn't do anything. Mm. So. Yeah, it's 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 that that's what it's primarily for. Primarily for really, yeah, that metal effect just completely shutting something down like that. I mean, it's. It's not even limited to shooting things. There's um oh wait that's that's not out yet. Um, <laughs> um I mean oh no no there's there's something. If you're playing against Boris the Bunny Summoner and you hate all those bunnies, you can just start removing a bunch of twos. Yeah. If you're afraid about him, uh, summoning the jackalope, you can you can move every single three, and it's impossible for him to do it. So it's it's great, especially great against Shabaroon. If you wanted to stop him transcombobulating, you just need to remove two cards from the deck. And then you can't do it for the rest of the game, and your yeah. opponent won't even know that potentially. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? Your opponent does, does it, and it's also it's not just the fact that she can do that. It's there's mm. there's several other characters. I mean, there's two. Uh, two was a one. I mean, Gwendolyn can remove cards as well. Yeah, there's at least two others at the moment. I think. Yeah, I can't think who else can do it right now. Kavanaugh. Kavanaugh and Gwendolyn. Kavanaugh can change the deck. But he doesn't get to keep the card, does he? I think oh, he can. keeps one of them. Yeah, you draw the top yeah. three, plays one at the back, one at the top, and one beside the cat. Yeah, so he can remove them as well. So, mm. like, if you're if you're playing against an arcane heavy build and you've got the witches, Kavanaugh and Gwendolyn, you can really mess them up. Yeah. Really mess them up. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, if you're playing against a very heavy melee build, though... With Danica, like if I was facing uh, a build and I knew it was mainly there was not a lot of arcane in it, she's still really good though because of Puppeteer. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Mm. Puppeteer is yes phenomenal, especially if you're playing against um, um, any Commonwealth list with nobles. At least for me, because most of the Commonwealth lists with nobles I see have a bodyguard. Um, whereas a bodyguard, there's normally a bunch of nobles uh, nobles hanging around close to it, so you can Puppeteer. The bodyguard, which is usually Brunhilde and Gotchka, and start beating up their nobles with them. Yeah. And suddenly they want to keep away from their bodyguard, yeah. which leads to very weird situations. Or, or they, and they've often got people like Eric nearby as well. Mm. Um, so then you can just make fancy hat hit Eric. <laughs> just like really mean, but you know, brutal. If I'm playing against Jack, for example, who's you know, an ex- very experienced Moonstone player, he won't get lured into that kind of trap because he knows it's there, but yeah. it makes him spread out. Oh, yeah. 
And the second so you know, it then makes things like candy apples easier. Like, I'm, I can then, I've only got to move got an inch, and suddenly Fancy Hat isn't protected anymore. Yeah. So, so it's one of those traps that either, they either get caught in the trap of leaving people too close together, and then they can you make them hit each other, or they don't, or they know it, but it means they have to separate, which makes them more vulnerable. So, yeah. It's, it's sometimes the playing around it is worse than the actual uh, damage caused if you didn't play around it. So, yeah. So, it's just like the mind games. The mind games that you put your opponent through. Oh, God, yeah. That's what I think is really key, particularly with the witches, I think, in Lesher Bolt. It's just the mind games they put your opponent through. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, We all love love some mind games in Moonstone. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'll let you... Do do you want... I'll let you talk about Visions of the Past. Um, I I want to continue on... No, we'll save Puppete- we'll save Puppeteer's catastrophe for Zoya. I, th- I think Zoya's going to loop back round to these other two in- when I get round to her because of well a certain yeah. ability she has. Uh, visions of the past. I don't think I've ever used visions of the past, but it's um, it's 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 it looks very situationally brilliant. If um, one of your models has all of their energy sapped or they've done a bunch of reaction steps for some reason. Uh, have, you, have you ever used it to any good effect? Uh, I've used it on the Revenant before. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but what I've also done before is I what I like to do when, I, when I'm using it because I want to heal someone is I've used it in both ways. So this, it, it was one of those, again, situational kind of thing. I mean, the, the healing ability on it does look amazing, but it's hard to get off on a green three or pink three. But I did manage to get this, this like the perfect combination where Danica moved up so she was within four inches of the Revenant, he only had two halves left. So I knew I could either heal him full or his energy, or I would just kill him with a catastrophe. Yeah. Um, and he'd still get healed up full. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the only um, time I've actually hard cast it is I cast it on like an enemy Gotchka or Giant or Troll for some reason, because... I got two extra cars, so I was more likely to get the catastrophe, which is what I actually wanted. Yeah, yeah, I, I do. I definitely use it more for the catastrophe than I do for the healing. Yeah. Um, but what is good is that she is, I think, what she is, is she is potentially another healer. Mm. Um, Lesher Bolt have got a lot of healers in them. They've got the most healers of any faction. Um, oh, yeah, by far. And she's one of those ones, I think, that people kind of, she, that they forget that she's a healer. Mm. Because she hasn't got a healing ability. They forget actually that that she's a healer, um, and they might start using their arcane abilities to try to shoot people when they think the healers have activated. Actually, Danica's not not gone yet, and she can still heal people. But yeah. but I do tend to use her. I do tend to do visions of the future on her and give everyone plus one energy. Um, yeah, particularly with Daniel because I'll because I'll have Daniel nearby her, and he'll do his area effect healing and often yeah. give them all the health back again. So. Yeah, pulse everyone energy and damage and pulse everyone healing. It's a brilliant little combo with Danica. And also, also quite it's, it's a very simple little combo. Oh, yeah. It's a very simple, it's just activate Zoya, give everyone some energy by, by doing that. Activate Daniel, give everyone the health back again. Yeah. Fish bash bosh, nice and simple. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right, I want to go on to Zoya now, who sort of ties all of this together with yeah. um, primarily her active ability, Visions of the Future, which, as you were saying earlier, yeah, point at someone, they suffer a catastrophe. 
well, point of a friendly they suffer a catastrophe. Uh, so what you can do in at least what I tend to do is usually she activates at the top of the turn for me. Um, she visions of the past on, um, sorry, visions of the future on Danica in order to catastrophe her. And I can either use catastrophe of puppeteer to, um, uh, cause Danica, it Danica wounds, but that's what she's got the inbuilt healing for. But then she's able to, uh, stick two energy on someone else, which could be, uh, Lubard, a Jackalope. Just something which will adore additional energy. Or the yeah, as you were saying with Brother Daniel, the pulsing um the pulse damage which also gives energy to just, you know, energize everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's and there's a lot of it's a real it's a theme throughout National Vault that they have mm. catastrophes that could potentially be useful. Um so the 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 simple one, because those three tend to play together. Is the um, is the Danica giving additional wounds? Yeah. Um, also play it on Antonia and make all models within four to suffer two magical damage. Yeah, uh, I I haven't got that and, one off yet because I mean to get that one off in the best situation, she's going to have to be right in the middle of the enemy troop, which seems like a bad yeah, place for her to be generally. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to be there, but it is it, it's a potential sort of screw them over kind of last. It's it's, it's like a last last ditch thing, isn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. Um, you could use it on the Revenant as well. <laughs> you could just do it on the Revenant, make him make his catastrophe, because then the Revenant heals a wound, and then Zoya can heal two wounds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think who else got it on? Who else could do it on? Uh, visions um, of the future. Um, God, everyone would like visions of the future. To, well, most people like visions of the future. You can do it on Gloom, because you can make Gloom throw out uh, minus two evades to people. Yeah, let me just look at his one. Yep, yeah, yeah, targets yep. past minus two evades. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you can give someone minus two evades, which is pretty good. Yeah. Um, uh, Boris, you can use on, you can use on Boris to, to summon a bunny. Mm, yeah. Or doing it on his jack, summon Jackalope and need to summon the bunny instead. Obviously, because yeah. his wounds too much, so you've got to be a little bit careful. But yeah, um, yeah, but give someone healing. a bunny. <laughs> yeah, but, but exactly, that's the thing. Lesher I've got so many healers. Um, I mean, you've got, just to list it, because <laughs> well, why not? You got Antonia, Danica <laughs> uh, can heal, Callister can heal, but Daniel can heal, Anya can heal, Gwendolyn can heal. Um, I think, and Chubbs can heal. Mm. And that do- and that doesn't include any more that are coming. Um, that yeah, they're certainly not a lack of healers. So yeah. They've got a lot. I did play a list once where I played. Oh, are you back, Joe? Yeah, yeah. I think my internet just stopped for a second. Yeah, lost connection there a second. Um, I don't know if what happened to the recording, but I have played a list before with Lesher Vault where I've taken all the healers. <laughs> it's um, just like really like Jack was so. I think I was Jack's my main opponent, and he was just like, "Oh God!" <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, he, "He just he just couldn't kill anyone." Because I just, kept, I just healed, just okay. healed like I couldn't kill anyone. I mean, I can't remember what the result was. We didn't record that game, but um, <laughs> it was one of those very frustrating. He's, he's like, "Well, I can't. There's no point me doing any damage to you because you'll just heal it with the next person." It's like, yes, I will. <laughs> yes, yes, I will. <laughs> That's an um, interesting idea. I might have to try at some point. Yeah, it was quite funny because because you almost play it like a pacifist build. You're not like trying to to, to do damage to them particularly. You're just trying to go and get the moonstones, but. Mm. 
he, the opponent can never really they have to kill someone outright in one activation otherwise they can't they can't do it because you just heal them um so it's an, it's an interesting one um you basically play it all around the healing abilities and you you end up with a really tough build that just can't die yeah um, which is a very kind of it's one of those it's a, it's a mind game thing you just really your, your opponent gets really frustrated and annoyed <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I can't say that's a build I've tried before, but I might be something to try now. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, otherwise, yeah, oh, yeah sorry, go on. I was going to say, otherwise, it's all, yeah, yeah no, I don't think I've used the Violent Impulse much. I think, I think I've used it once before to fish for catastrophes on purpose to um, just, like, just catch a friendly Lubard or a friendly Jackalope in the aura and just buff up their damage. I mean, otherwise, what I tend to use Zoya for um, is because she's got Swift, um, I like sticking Moonstones on her because it's just irritating to get them off her. Because you try and, you try and kill her in melee, she swifts away. If you try and step back in, uh, Mesmerizing can sometimes cause issues. It's... But yeah, she's, yeah, like you were saying, she's got the signature... Um, on the high guard, which is just a rising attack, which can cause mind games as well. So she has got damage output, but yeah, no, I think yeah, she's because she she can she's got damage output, but she's like that she's that glass cannon, mm. um, oh, like because like no no Leshevold have got really got any. They've got I think only Boris has got and the Jackalope yep. I think has got but damage reduction. Yeah. So they are kind of you've got to be careful when they start taking damage. Mm. But I, I have used Violent Impulse. And... I would never cast Violent Impulses more than once. I have used it before. Mm. Um, I think I've been able to buff up her energy a little bit. I think she, I've sort of got her to sort of six energy. So I haven't <laughs> minded on Violent Impulses. And then she's just gone and murdered someone. But yeah. you do have to, yeah, you want to be careful to who, who she fights against. If you hit her against like a troll or a giant or something, then, <laughs> you know, what, what it takes for them to go actually aren't going to hit you back. And suddenly she's yeah. lodged the damage. Um, but I have used her to like, I have used her to kill sort of healing models in kind of one or two rounds of combat. Yeah. Because um, with additional damage and because her signature, because her signature, you can choose any type of damage, impact slicing or piercing. She can get through most armor with it. Uh. Um, I mean, you've got like fancy hat and things. We've got the, the plate armor, but she can yeah. get through most armor with it. She used she used to be range two on her melee as well, which was oh. which was, which was mental. Yeah, I don't <laughs> um, think I was playtesting around then. That sounds pretty horrific. Yeah, that, that was quickly recognised. <laughs> that was a bit too good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she could still yeah. diss out the damage with enough violent impulses. She's just obviously, yeah, she only got the one inch melee range and the uh, eight health with no defensive tech to worry about. Well, her her defensive tech is really in her signature move, isn't it? Because she can play the high guard. Which means she learns yeah. damage from a high guard, but deal damage herself. Yeah. Uh, so there is, there is that. It's a very simple signature, but it's a very nice one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, I like Zoya. I think I think the thing with Zoya, I I tend to see with her when I play with her, it's more like the fear factor of her than actually how much she does. Yeah. Because she is quite quick with Swift and and mesmerizing, and often she's got four energy, which is actually quite a lot for um. Oh yeah. To have four energy, and if Daniel's near enough by her, she can have five energies. That's, that's a lot of energy for someone to have. Um, so she can be quite it's it's sometimes the fear of her rather mm. than the actual what she can do. Um, oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think she's possibly 
my favourite Lechevolt model. Oh, the mo- yeah, great Both, model. Actually, I really like the original and the limited edition one, but actually, mm. like, like the limited one, it's what Richie's got the great description of it. It's the it's the one minute to to midnight or one minute to midday. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like, it's the just uh... to kind of go. Something's about to go down and it's going to hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that, like cocky pose, but cocky for a really good reason. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think she's just, I think that, that's been pulled off really well, that, that oh, look. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, that was a lot of discussion on the witches, which I think is great because I, I really like the witches, but we'll move on to the cursed box. Yeah. Um, so I'll give, I'll start again with a bit of background. Mm-hmm. So you've got three characters in this, the Revenant, Anya, Bartol, and the Beast. And what's nice, what, the reason I want to do these guys next is because they're called the Cursed, because each of these characters, Anya, Revenant, and the Beast, have all been cursed by one of the witches. So there's that real, really clear link between the Cursed and the witches. I did not know um, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So Anya, for example, has been cursed by Zoya. Um, I'm pretty sure the Beast has been cursed I never get these two right, and I'm going to hate myself. Wrong. I think the Beast has been cursed by Antonia, and the Revenant has been cursed by um, Danica. Um, so basically, the way these these each of these, I'm not going to read too much on the book because they, they, they've got big entries in the book. But I'll give a bit of background on the three of them. So the Revenant, essentially, um, his father died, and him and his brothers. He was the eldest, and he was his brothers left. Mm-hmm. Him and his brothers were left the kind of the estate. And the myth is that he was either murdered by his brothers so that they got more of the estate. He was found down a well, basically. So it's not sure, it's not explicitly explained whether he fell down the well or was pushed down the well. Um, that's why his character's got like, the water drip, but the model's got like water dripping off him because he's supposed to have been fished out the well. Um, so basically, the idea with him is that he was cursed. I, I'm pretty sure it's Antonia, but I feel like I've got that wrong now. But also by Danica, sorry. Um, she's basically brought him back to life, so he's kind of he's kind of the closest thing to like undead at the moment. He's not undead, but he because he's a, he's a revenant, and the whole point of a revenant is they have a um, like revenge to fill, like a um, a destiny to fulfil. To, to kind of um, his is to basically find the people that murdered him, and that's why his um, signature move is called Destiny Fulfilled. And he is he is actually removed from play if he fulfills it. Um, it's the only way he can actually die, I think. Uh, well, there's mm-hmm. one other way, but um, so his point is that he's been sort of resurrected basically by Danica. Um, with Anya, she's this um, she's the, the daughter of like one of the old Dominion nobles, and she's incredibly spoilt. Um, and she's been cursed by Zoya with the Strigger which is this sort of demonic thing that possesses her. Um, the necklace around her neck was actually provided to her by Gertrude, which basically keeps the demon in check, which is why if she removes the necklace, the demon takes her, takes over her body. And um, Basically, the story behind her is that she was really rude to Zoya, so Zoya cursed her because <laughs> um, she's really spoiled. And there's actually, coming in book two, there's a whole scenario built around that, that action where she snubs Zoya essentially and Zoya curses her um, there's a scenario built around that which is quite fun and then the beast um, the beast I'm not as familiar with the beast essentially as far as I know it, it does actually quite follow the line of kind of the beauty and the beast 
traditional story. Um, not so much the Disney one, but the traditional story. Like he was very kind of decadent and snobbish, and and he was cursed by Antonia with being sort of this beast. Um, but he still retains some of his kind of nobility. Um, and, that, and that's kind of played out in his in his model, really, where he's kind of very very smart sort of dinner jacket and this cravat and he's holding this sort of hanky almost because um, he's still very proud of his kind of noble background, but he's been kind of cursed with these old beastly looks. Um, so that's the background on the three of them. Um, which one do you want to start with? Um, let's, let's let's talk about the Revenant because I think we've mentioned him more more than the other ones already. Yeah, that makes sense. I'll, yeah. I'll let you run with it. I'll let you run with it if you want. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, so he's got visions of the future like Zoya. So everything said about how catastrophes are great with Zoya. Yeah, it's relevant for the Revenant as well. Um, he's got seen it all before, which is kind of like an inverse. Um, predictable combatant so instead of you revealing your hand you get to see your opponent's hand whenever you hit someone in combat now he's only got melee 3 but it's it's useful to see your opponent's hand obviously it makes the melee 3 just a little more potent it's particularly powerful if you're fighting someone else that's got not particularly high melee as well Um, like you're fighting someone that's got you know fighting like fancy hat who's got Eric near him and he's the main person. He's got nine cards anyway, so it's not that necessarily as helpful. But if he's fighting someone yeah. who's only got melee three or melee two, for example, and he's got five cards, he can really mess them up. This is why I really, really, really like him with Boris, because as well as um, using visions of the future to generate more rabbits, uh, sorry, more bunnies even, um, what you can do is you swarm someone with the bunnies, reduce their melee by three so they're only melee one, and then you hit them, because they've only got yeah. one card and you're seeing it, so... Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, and if Great. you get and if you get your um, signature move, Thrust, that uh, Destiny Fulfills does a heck of a lot of damage, but it's got that end step effects where it's, um, if you slay your opponent, you're removed from play, which is... It's a double-edged sword, really, because um, obviously being removed from players, your model's no longer on the board. It's no longer contributing to the fight. But if the Revenant happens to be holding onto two Moonstones and he removes himself from play, that's two Moonstones that you've sort of cashed and there's no way your opponent can get hold of. Yeah, and, and, and again, it's that thing. It depends who you're playing against. If they've got no way of stealing Moonstones off you... Yeah. So they haven't got Natty, they haven't got Butterfingers, they haven't got those abilities are going to make you drop moonstones or, or pass over moonstones. It doesn't really matter. Yeah. But if they have, let's say they've got, because they, they, they could potentially have like Natty and, um, oh God, I can't remember, I can never forget the bloody name. Oh, <laughs> oh I've, I've not talked about Undying yet. I should probably quickly mention that before we get off on this one. Um, every, yeah, time, yeah. <laughs> every time you kill him, he actually restores his wounds instead. So he's literally unkillable, basically. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah some... he's slain. He instead he restores all wounds. So yeah. yeah, without doing some very weird things, he's normally impossible to kill because well, yeah, he's a revenant. Yeah, so... I think the only way that I know, the only way that I can think of that he can die without his signature move is um, Swiggity Sweetie. Yeah. Oh yeah, Swiggity Sweetie. I'm dying from him. So 
that's the only way I I know at present that he can be killed <laughs> without him killing himself, essentially. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if I was... And the thing is that if I was facing off against someone and I saw they had Spaghetti Sooty in their list, I'm not going to take the revenant. <laughs> <laughs> be honest, because least, it's just like very far away from Swiggity. Well, yeah, because because um, I can't remember what the ability called that Swiggity's got. A plunder, um, I think. Yeah, it's quite a short range, isn't it? It's like two inches, mm. or something. Yeah, so you yeah, could just stay away. You could just stay away from him, um, which isn't too hard to stay away from him. But it yeah. does mean the revenant doesn't. You, you are because the revenant normally you're like, yep, yeah, shove you right up in the middle, stand you next to that moonstone. Now they can't get it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but uh, if you've got spaghetti opposite you, it's like, oh, now I've got to be careful where I put him. And it's sometimes, sometimes, sometimes like, that's that, that's a mind games I don't need. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Swiggity, yeah, Swiggity's great. Well, Plunder's great fun. But, yeah. It's anyway, but it's particularly terrifying for the Revenant because he's, because you can play the Revenant very much around that undying ability. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah, that's one of the... I mean, I think one of the way I use him a lot, and it's 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 simple but effective, is just gathering moonstones with him. Because, like you're saying, if your opponent doesn't have any way to take moonstones off him, then the second he grabs a moonstone, then that's safe for the rest of the game. Then you don't have to worry about it. Yeah, I've also so in the last game that I played, um, did they got they put it up on the channel. It was yeah, like I said, it was my left revolt against Jack's goblins. He didn't have any way of dealing with the revenant at all. He didn't even have any particular movement stuff. He didn't. He didn't have um, boom boom, for example. So the Revenant picked up a moonstone and they went stood next to another one, and he just couldn't. He couldn't get it. There was no way he could get the moonstone, um, and it led to this ridiculous stalemate. <laughs> uh, I think we went into. I think we had at least two turns of sudden death. Oh lord. Before basically, I went right. I'm going to charge Zoya was coming with. I was like, oh, I'm just going to go and charge Zoya in. And if she if she kills you, I win. If you kill her, you win. But at least the game will be over. <laughs> um, yeah, that, there's your announcement. If you're building lists for a tournament, make sure that you um, have something that can deal with the revenant in case you see him. <laughs> yeah, you do need to think about that actually. Well, it doesn't necessarily need to be like Swiggity, just someone that can move people. So like boom, boom, yeah, really. or. Mm. Or dropping um, moonstones, so something like butterfingers. Yeah, so butterfingers or nat- natty's a bit trickier. She does it in combat. Butterfingers yeah. is, a, is it? Butterfingers is an easy bet because you can do it from range. Yeah. Um, Cavern has obviously got the same ability. Um, Muradai is quite nice because he can move him and he can take moonstones off of him. Yeah, Muradai is another one. Um, I think basically, if I was playing a lesser vault. If I went to them with Leshevolt, I would always make sure I had Kavanagh to deal with that. Mm. If I was playing Dominion, I'd always make sure that I had um, well, either Muradai or Butterfingers. If I was mm. playing Commonwealth, I'd have either Muradai or Natty to make sure I can deal with it. Yeah, yeah. Or uh, Kaufman. Kaufman, I think, is the other one you were trying That's to That's the one I think of Kaufman as yeah, well. Yeah, he can make Yeah. 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 Uh, otherwise, he's got an arcane ability which is it's a little magical damage and gain slow i've not used it much it's just it's a little ranged it's a little ranged magic damage which is it's nice to have if you in case you really need it but yeah 
I've used it for the catastrophe before. Yeah, I was just about to say, yeah, I've used this one for the catastrophe as well. Start attacking my own people with it. People wonder, well, yeah. what are you doing that for? And I say catastrophe. And they're like, oh, oh, the Revenant's a healer as well, of course. Yeah, oh, yeah, I forgot to mention he's not a healer. <laughs> yeah, I forgot to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F- everything in the Leisure Vault's a healer, really. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. The other thing I'll just mention with him, actually, for people that don't know, obviously, because only people that back the Kickstarter can really have these models, is that he's the, one of the only characters who doesn't have an energy pip at the bottom of his health. So, yes. Ah. There's like two ways of dealing with the Revenant. One is to bring Swiggity and take Undying off him. Take <laughs> him off him, move him around the board, but the best way of dealing with him is get him down, get him down to two health and leave him on it. Yeah. Because the Revenant at two health can't do anything. Mm. He can just stand there and jog. That's all he can do. Obviously, he can get healed. If you heal yeah. him, he's not going to get the energy until next turn. Yeah. So, and, if, and if they're healing their model that literally can't die, and it means then it means they're not healing models which can die. So exactly, yeah. And, and so, on the flip side of that, if you're if you're the if you're playing as the Revenant, don't try and heal him. Try and kill him. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot more efficient and funny. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Try and kill him. Rather try yeah. and heal him. Yeah, and I mean to get him down to two um, wounds, it's not too hard. I mean that uh, that you need to deal five wounds to him. He's got no evade and no armor, so it's it's not it's it's not exactly a hard affair either. No, no. Um, the, uh, one, a fun thing I, a fun thing I've done before is I don't I don't use Ender's Night that much, but I have Ender's Night him into the middle of the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to be a prat, basically. Right, here's this guy who can't die. Deal with him. And he's just sat. Like I, I managed to move him where he was engaging three people, and it's just, he's got up my opponent. Just like, oh god, damn it! And you just spend the energy reaction stepping and not doing much else, I guess. Exactly. Just, just a twist at knife. Step, and it's just like, oh, now I've got to deal with that. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, you have. Um, god. But yeah, he's he's a fun one to play with, and he's a tricky one to play against. But he's kind of tricky either way because you can either go with a simple route of just shoving him out the middle and hoping he doesn't, you know, and just leaving him there to be annoying. Mm. But he has got a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff he can do. Yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's not, he's not just this model that can't die. He is probably yeah. the best Winston carrier in the game. Um, no, yeah. Tito rivals him possibly, but. He's he's one of the certainly one of the best Moonstone characters in the game, but oh, definitely. He's, he's got more to him, I feel, than just the undying. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think if you're if you're to get the most out of him, it's using um, visions of the future and then also leveraging the fact that he can't die as well. So, I, yeah. yeah, I generally tend to use him as a support model, and then when needs must, just throw him into engage something that doesn't want to be engaged, basically. Yeah, and and really good at like covering moonstones for you. Particularly, particularly the best. I mean, this I guess one of those other situations. But if you've got a moonstone near terrain, oh <laughs> so yeah, some terrain, so they can't move from either. <laughs> oh, the, the there is one thing I don't think we've mentioned about him yet. He's um, not a pure Leshevolt model. He's a Dominion model as well, so you can splash him into Dominion too. Yeah, and actually, he's really. I think. One of the because he doesn't particularly need to be with. Well, he's if you don't put him with Leshevolt, his visions of the future becomes fairly useless. Because uh, it's quite useful with a fire spitter. You can blow the fire spitter up, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and with like Rybold, you could do the same thing. Yeah, um, not released yet, but there are there are a few things you can do with that. But it's not as useful as it is with Lesherville. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but works. he is quite good with fairies. Um, oh yeah, Belladonna. He is quite good with fairies because um, Diana can kill him if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> Diana's, taking... Diana's pretty good uh, at killing anything yeah, yeah. that moves, really. Actually, I can't think if she can actually. I was thinking that she can. She does damage, doesn't she, to friendlies? That's friendly fairy, doesn't she? Not friendlies. So I don't. Oh. I can't, I mean, so I'm not oh, sure yeah, if she can. can do it for that. I've got the book here, actually. Let me just quickly check. I mean, um, horrifying visions him to death. But she, well, I she can horrifying vision she... anyone to death, really. Yeah, she she could horrifying vision him to kill him, but he's that useful factor in fairies that he's really really tough. Um, so, like, goblins have got some tough people, um, but fairies, I mean, wasp is fairly tough, mm. but, I mean, the revenant is the toughest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, he he does fill a really good role in the fairies that he, fairies, you don't tend to want to be pushing fairies right up into the middle, whereas you can do that with him in that list. Yeah. Um, and what he also does, I think, particularly in, like, tournament play, uh, I mean, in friendly games, it's it's however you want to play it, really. But in tournament play, you're not expecting to see him in fairies. Yeah. Um, so, like, let's say, oh, I put Diana down, I put Gotchka down with her. Oh, yeah, and I put Wasp down, and I put Tito down, and I put the Revenant down. Oh, what? <laughs> um, you know, suddenly that fairy list has become very different. Are you ready for um, the most useless fact about the Revenant? Um, yeah, he's a noble, so technically uh, Gotchka can bodyguard him. <laughs> yeah, he can. Yeah, the most uh, useless also, thing on him. Uh, yeah, probably. But if, he's so he can't benefit from Eric either. No, uh, but if but if um, Swiggity does steal his Undying, and you happen to have Gotchgut, then it does mean you can keep him alive like that. Albeit that is probably the most situational use for his noble trait ever. Yeah, yeah. I can't think of much other. Noble, you need there, really. There is most, 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 most of the kind of noble benefit stuff is in Commonwealth. Yeah. Um, but just, anyway, not that there won't be more in the future that you can benefit from. But. Oh yeah, I think it's just it's just worth mentioning because this entire box of um, models is Dominion, and they're also in all nobles as well. Which yes. is which is nice because there's only one. Um, there's at, the moment there's only one Dominion noble, and that's Diana. So there's only one real sort of use for Gotchgut at the moment in Dominion in terms of bodyguards, you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the other thing to mention about him, actually, as well, t- talking about that, he's also, he's also a spirit. Yes. So if you've got him with Danica, she can draw more cards with Medal of Fate. Mm-hmm. So he is quite useful for that. I actually quite like playing the three witches and the three cursed together in that kind of narrative form because they yeah. cursed all three. I quite like that. Um, but yeah, they work very nicely together. They do quite well together. Anyway, we better move on. We will literally be here all night. So um, <laughs> yeah. I... we'll go on to the beast next because yes. I want to do Anya, Anya last out of the three of them. I, um, I actually don't. You know what? I don't know. I don't. You. I haven't used the beast that much, and I realised oh. I didn't. Um, when I, when I talked about the witches, I went over their cards, but actually we'll just do them individually. Um, but I'll let... Do you want to talk about, are you okay to talk about the Beast? Because I don't feel like I actually know him as well. Yeah, I've used the Beast loads. I think he's great. Um, yeah, no, he's great. I just, somehow just he's, he's just sort of been 
I, I just, ha- you know, when you've got all the models, it's hard to choose sometimes. Yeah. So I just, I just haven't used him as much. So I'll let you talk mm. about him a bit more. Well, well, back on the well, I'll start, I'll just a quick mention for the Dominion side of him is uh, I think one of the biggest weaknesses with him is he's flimsy, but he's also a Dominion noble, so he's a great candidate for Gotchka. He is, uh, yeah. Outside Diana, he's one of the best. I think he's one of the best um, Gotchka candidates outside of Diana in uh, Dominion. Uh, and just running, one of the things I have run is him, Gotchka, and Vicious Midget as a sort of. Um, uh, a core of melee models and yeah yeah I found, like you were saying on the last time I was on I couldn't quite find a vicious midget list I was happy with but those three in a core and then throwing in the mortician uh, at least for playtesting purposes is just oh it's so yeah it's really great fun uh, well, well I enjoyed it I'm not sure how the C6 Stew enjoyed it when the beast one shot him but uh <laughs> Yeah, the, be- the beast can deal a lot of damage. So he's got a melee of five, which is brilliant. And he, uh, he deals plus two slicing damage. So that's um, every aggressive card in the game apart from thrust. But if you've got a thrust, he um, deals plus one piercing damage. So it's dealing lots of damage. He's prime. If in the ideal world, he's getting in there and dealing loads of damage. Yeah. Um He's also got nine health. He's quite. He is. He's got a lot of health for for Lesher Yeah, a lot of health, but he's um only plus. He's a uh, plus one evade, so he's really easy to control and shoot and whatnot. Yeah. But yeah. he's got Awake the Beast, which it's not really armor per se, but it's it doesn't really reduce damage incoming, but it makes it so your opponent doesn't want to target him. Because yeah. if you're targeting him, it means he's restoring a wound and he's gaining energy. And one of the yeah. problems with him is he's only got two energy. And when he gains plus two energy and goes up to four energy, four melee five attacks with plus two slicing is pretty horrific and will kill most things in the game. Yeah. And he's got a two-inch melee range as well. So Oh, yeah. Um, which is always good. Yeah. He's got yeah. Intimidate, which is... Well, it's... It's kind of salt in the wound, really, for a, a human or a goblin. I mean, if he's attacking, he's got seven melee cards. Why not make it so you can see all of their cards as well? It's it's very nice with, um, like I was saying earlier, with Boris. So you just surround someone with rabbits to drop their melee to one or two. And then stick predictable on combatant on them so anyone can go in and destroy them. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then quite terrifying is quite fun as well. Mm, yeah. it's another reason why you wouldn't want to, he's, he's 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 quite sort of yeah like I said against an arcane list he might suffer a bit more I mean we got yeah. gosh going to take the wounds for him but he will get hit and get hurt quickly by an arcane list but he's yeah. very scary if you've got a melee list oh, if, your yeah. opponent, if your opponent has a melee list and he's especially got got next to him as well one he can do the damage and not suffer it necessarily in return he'll then get energy mm-hmm. but also with quite terrifying Whenever a non-giant, non-trot enemy ends a move in the model's melee zone, they have to scard energy as well. <laughs> so yeah. not only is he going to gain some energy and a wound when you target him with that melee attack action, you've also got to lose one. <laughs> He's really awkward so. to deal with because of all these things. You got you gotta you gotta make sure you're going to kill him if you're targeting him. Otherwise, you're just going to make him stronger. And yeah. I mean, he's pretty good off the get go. Yeah. So you don't want to make him any stronger, really. Yeah, or target him near the end of a turn. So yeah, you don't you don't want to target him early because he'll get plus two yeah. energy. 
Oh yeah, God, do not target him if he hasn't activated, because then that's four melee attacks. Yeah. If you're targeting him, it's yeah, you make sure you kill him or do it right at the end of turn as late as possible when he's already activated. Um he's got that um bellow as signature, so he can push people away if he doesn't want to be engaged, which it's quite a rare op- it's quite a rare occasion for me. I love the beast being engaged, honestly, but if he really doesn't like his um current predicament, he can just shove people away. Yeah, it's quite it's quite an interesting one for him, really, because you'd expect him to have like a damage dealing signature. Yeah, I quite like the fact that he hasn't because he can deal he can deal enough damage without a damage dealing signature, um, yeah. and actually gives him another dimension. Because mm. I mean, if because let's say let's say he is melee seven or possibly even nine if he's the attacker, if you manage to get two or three high guards, suddenly you're pushing them six inches away. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Um, so suddenly they're being shoved a really, really long way away from you. Knock them um, off that moonstone or something. Exactly, knock them off that moonstone, exactly. Yeah. Or or knock that noble really far away from that bodyguard. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a knock, good point. Or, or knock that bodyguard really far away from that noble. and then. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah. Again, situational, as, long, as, as some things always are, but there is that potential, which could be quite... It'd be hilarious, wouldn't it? It'd be hilarious to go oh, yeah. and charge Watchgar who starts the next to Kalfwin, engage both of them, and then push Gotchgut six inches away, and then hit Kalfwin. <laughs> scream at, uh, yeah, scream at Gotchgut, push him six inches away, and then just start wailing on Kalfwin, yeah. Yeah. But there's one more very, very, very apparently tiny thing on his card I haven't mentioned yet, but it, it forms a lot, it forms some of my favourite lists. Uh, he's got a, a very specific trait at the top called Animal. Yeah. Which love the gloom. <laughs> yep. Oh yes. Oh yes. He can he can be shoved around by gloom and he can also be energized by chubs. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, of course, because he gives the four oh god. Oh yeah. god. Yeah. What's yeah, what's even yeah. better? What you do is you you stick four energy on him and then your opponent has to deal with him. But when your opponent starts to deal with him, now he's at six energy. Yeah. Which is well. I mean, they'll just stay, they'll try and stay away from him, but then just Gloom shoves him six inches up the board, and you know, it's it's it's, it's a got, very messy affair, but it's very it's highly entertaining when you're piloting it. Yeah. If you've got Daniel as well, you can a give him energy, but also move him. Oh yeah, <laughs> just becomes horrific. Yeah, yeah. Say, where's the worst place? Where's the worst possible place this man could be right now? Yeah. Yeah, he's he he reminds he's a bit like, not quite as good at moving as Jackalope because Jackalope's got um yeah. oh god yeah the Jackalope but, is... but he has brought potential to move a very long way yeah you know which is really good which is really good for melee characters the last thing you want is a melee character that can't move very well because mm. they just get bogged down or they get stuck or people run away from them but it's very hard to run away from the beast if you've got Gloom and, and Chubbs yeah it's, Gloom can move him. Chubbs can give him the energy to do the steps. Daniel can move him. Um, so you've got the movement stuff in there that's becomes very difficult. Mm. Cool. Um, right. Uh, and yeah, obviously she's a tricky one because she's got two. Um, yeah. I've, I've not used Anya too much. She's, um, I've, used, I've used her a fair bit. So well, I'll, I'll, I'll start <laughs> then. Um, so I'll, Anya Bartle first. Um, possibly my second favourite. Leshevolt model after Zoya, just because I just I just think they pulled off the pouty little spoiled child really really well. Oh, and also, she really looks like a little brat. On on her model, her model has some of the most insane detail on it 
of any Moonstone model I've seen. Just like the, you look really closely at her and the detail on her dress, the detail in her hair, the detail on her like blouse is just insane how tiny it is. Um, yeah. Which is like a bit of a nightmare to paint to a certain extent, but <laughs> it looked absolutely amazing. And I was absolutely, she was the model out of the whole set that when it arrived, I was most blown away by the detail on her. Just like her dress just looks absolutely perfect. Yeah. Anyway, you know, and and the bar, the Strigger Annual model is just horrific, but and horrific in it, <laughs> um, but looks amazing. So anyway, Annual Bartol, Melee 2, Arcane 4, Range 1. She's got a minus one evade, though, so she's a bit hard to hit. Um, she's a weakling. Um, one of the great things for her, though, she's got a look of innocence, which um, Natty's also got. So you have to discard an extra energy every time you want to target her or something, yeah. which is just a massive pain in the ass. <laughs> um, it means things like the fire spitter probably can't shoot her twice because he has to go to extra energy. It's harder for no, it's, she's much harder to get to hit with arcade one because she's minus one. Stick her behind a little box or something, and suddenly she's minus three, and you have to discard an extra energy as well. She suddenly becomes very hard to hit. Um, well, apart, I've got swift like Zoya, so she can get get away if she needs to. Um, but the only other thing that Anya Bartol really does is she's a sort of solid healer, basically. She's got the standard healing spell, um, eight-inch range, two, stat X plus one wounds. She's, she's a fairly decent healer. Um, she's actually quite a good moonstone carrier. Once you, once, as long as she's mm. picking it up with, like, as long as you can get it down to, like, one, so she can pick it up in one, she's a fairly good moonstone carrier because of Look of Innocence and Swift and weak, and um, Minus One of Eight. She's actually quite a good moonstone carrier. Um, so the other ability, obviously, this is where really she really comes. Oh, last thing, obviously, she's a noble. As yep. well, so she, she so she's obviously and she is you know put her next to Gotka and suddenly she's virtually unkillable um, because you have to kill Gotka first because trying to shoot her is impossible. Trying to get in combat with her and children run away, um, so she's really good with Gotka. I mean, Gotka's good with, with just about any noble, but um, with Anya, he's he's particularly good because see that can really screw over any arcane trying to go at her because it's just really hard to do anything. Um, so she's then got remove necklace. It costs four, and she only starts with three. So you've got to find a way of giving her extra energy. Now there are lots of ways you can do that. Daniel can give it to her. Cavender can give it to her. You can catastrophe um, Danica to give it to her. There, there are a few ways of giving her the extra energy. But what happens is she then um, gains two energy um, and possession of all the moonstones, and she then turns into Strigerania. Now, she can also do that with her signature move, which is on a high guard, um, which can, to a certain extent, be an easy way to do it, but it's a bit risky because then she's in combat. So that's kind of Anya Bartol covered, really. She's basically a healer. She's kind of inconvenient to try and hit because of all these abilities she's got, but she's basically just this little girl. Remove that necklace, either by paying to remove it with, with energy or by doing her signature. She turns into Strigger Anya, which is this as I mentioned at the beginning of this troop, this sort of demon that comes out of her, um, which is suddenly a very, very terrifying thing to fight in combat because it's got melee five. Um, it does plus two damage, and it's magical. Um, yeah, the one time I did use her, two attacks kills Fancy Hat, so... Um, yeah. She, oh, she, I, she does damage. <laughs> yeah, I think... I can't remember what the game was. I think I definitely filmed it as well. Uh, where Strigger went on and went on an absolute killing spree. I think she killed four characters in the game. Um, because the next ability is Blood Drinker. If she kills an enemy, 
she gains the energy, <laughs> which is just Lord. not not hell. So she's a bit of Trigger Annie was definitely really is almost like the ultimate glass cannon. Um, she's only got seven health and has no defensive tech, and all her damage is in melee, so she's a real risk of getting hit back. But she does gain three energy if she if Strigania hits someone, so that's pretty terrible. And I remember playing a game where she went against Kaufman, killed him, got three energy, then moved. And I think she then killed someone else. I think she killed two people in one turn and two people in the next turn. Um, oh. Because I just got... Well, there's always a bit of luck, obviously, with the melee cards you get, but she can deal an enormous amount of damage. Um, now... She hasn't really got a signature because the signature of Trigger Anya is to turn back into Anya Bartol. Um, it's on a low guard. She basically puts her necks back on again. Um, but kind of like uh, the Beast, she doesn't really need a signature because she's doing plus two melee damage with magical damage anyway. So she can do enough damage without having a, a signature that can do damage. So um, now I found with her that you get one or two things out of her. She either, like I said, goes on an absolute killing spree and just murders her way through three or four characters, or she dies immediately. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Like, if she's fighting very heavy melee characters, like if you put her against, like Fancy Hat, she can probably, she might die, but she'll probably kill him in return. Um, But I put her against Boulder and she just died. Oh. Um, And I just didn't think about it well enough. Um, yeah, she doesn't like taking damage, and unfortunately, she has only got one inch melee range. Yeah, she's got only got one inch melee, um, and she hasn't got any of the kind of movement stuff that Anya Bartos got. So she hasn't. She loses look of innocence. She loses swift. Um, she hasn't obviously got healing. She's all about trying to kill stuff. Mm. Um, but is, though, yeah, if you plan it right, if you get absolutely exceptional planning off. What you can do is you can either have her end her spree with four energy and then replace her necklace so she goes back to the really hard-to-kill kid. Or if you know you're not going to finish someone off, you just try and fish for her um, signature. So she doesn't end the turn as this really, really easy-to-kill demon. She goes back to Look of Innocence. Yeah, and, and, and if, you, if you manage to end on the four energy, um, you can you return to Anya Bartle with two energy to then cast healing. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, it's that as well. Um, so even if you're not, let's say you're only ending on say four health or three health, she can then just heal herself. Mm. Um, so that's pretty good. I, I like Anya. I tend, I don't tend to turn her into Strigger that much. I tend to use her more as a kind of Moonstone carrier and, and another healer. Um, but what the thing with the Strigger is, it's not just yes, there is that. I'm going to move my necklace. I'm going to charge up and try and kill stuff. But also there's that if I go and attack her. One, I've got to discard the energy first. Then she might turn into Strigger. Yeah. Um, just that thing of, oh, I don't really want to attack her in melee because, one, it's going to cost me two just to do it. And then she might turn into Strigger and kill me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so and it's Strigger. She's, going, she's probably going to die herself, but she's also probably going to take someone down with her. Exactly, yeah. And even if she doesn't take, her, take them down, she's going to take an awful lot of health off you. Mm. Um, so she's quite, like I said, that's about her being a, another good Moonstone carrier because she's hard to hit with Arkeon, but also she's slightly scary to hit in combat. The only only reason she wouldn't be scary in combat, I suppose, is if she's got no energy. Yeah, because then you just sail on her two-inch poker. Yeah, she's got no energy and you've got a two-inch melee, then you can safely go in um, because you can just poker 
Um, although saying that, I probably wouldn't turn. I wouldn't turn into Stridwanger in that situation. I would just stay because it's still going to cost them the additional energy to try and attack it. So, mm. um, but yeah, anything else you want to say about the cursed before we move on? Anything else about the cursed? Um, uh, I haven't got round to writing about this yet, but this is something else I want to write for my for the little blog thing I've got going is um, about starting the Lesher Vault. I think this is probably one of the best boxes. If you just want to start or dip your toes in Lesher Vault, I think this is a fantastic box to start with because uh, Anya, you've got a healer. Uh, Revenant, you've also got a healer. Beast, you've got a great damage output. You've got, a, you've got a, quite a, a nice varied selection of everything there. The only problem with this box in isolation, though, is that you, can't, you haven't got any more thing to give Anya an additional energy. But apart from that, this is a fantastic little box to start with. If well, when and when also, it goes to retail, yeah, and also if you've already, if you've already bought, say, the starter set, they can go with the goblins mm. for you. So oh, and actually, yeah. I think they work quite well with the goblins. Um, yeah, oh, the because starter again, set ones, yeah, definitely, I reckon. Yeah, um, they work quite well with the starter set goblins. You can get so, um, like, if someone's bought the starter set and wants to move, wants to buy more models, it isn't just good goblins and humans. Want to mix it up a little bit, then this would be quite a set to get. Yeah, uh, especially like the Re- the Revenants even got a uh, Visions of the Future target there because you can target Doug the Flatulent and um, co- uh, make him hit his catastrophe on his digger, so he starts pulsing yeah. out lots of damage. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. All right. Well, we'll move on to. Um, the end is nigh box set, and I'll just start yeah. again with a bit. I've got, a, I've got a feeling you really like this box set, so I'll, I'll let you get. You yeah, yeah. I mean, I've spoken enough about. <laughs> I'm not going to whittle on too long, but so these three don't actually feature in the Treasures and Tyrants book particularly. So um, I'll give just a little bit of background on them. So you've got to me the interesting thing with this, even though I don't actually use her very much, Callister is kind of almost like the leader of these three, um, because. She's uh, they're all cultists, they've all got the cultist keyword, and they've all got the human key. Oh, they haven't got the human uh, count as a gnome. Um, but she's almost like the one in charge, um, and that's kind of written into one of the scenarios as well that, that, that goes with in book two with, with these three. Um, so she's this lesser vault priestess, so she's kind of like almost like not to say the head, but one, one of the heads of the kind of lesser vault. Um, religion for want of a better word the lesser about cult she's almost one of the figureheads of it and she's she's kind of a um like a conduit to less of it so i think she's if in the narrative she's kind of very highly respected because she's this she's this vessel for their their god um less of it and then brother daniel um obviously like i said i've talked about him plenty so brother daniel's based on me <laughs> Um, and he's a sort of, I'm not sure whether the comfort or not, he's a mad prophet. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, <laughs> the reason the reason he is a mad prophet and based on me is because when when the, the first, well, the second technique, the second Moonstone Kickstarter, the first Moonstone Kickstarter was just the Fire Spitter and Fancy Hat. The second one was when they released the full game, is that basically when that came out, I obviously backed it, and me and Jack played a lot of games, and we... We were the only channel producing battle reports and producing content online. I was doing reviews and things of it. So, um, so, so I was just apparently the mad prophet. <laughs> um, so, 
but it was but I do obviously have a really strong connection with Daniel. I helped design the model. Um, I helped I designed the card in his abilities. Obviously, Tom and Richie had an input and we used, he's been tweaked and things, but I basically got to have a fairly free reign with designing his card, which was which was pretty nice. But he's he's this mad cleric, this mad prophet. He um but he's also got this kind of mystical wisdom about him as well and this kind of unknown kind of strength of character so he is a bit mad and talks in riddles all the time um which again i kind of won't go into too much because you'll you'll read all about that in the, in the second book when it comes out but he's also there's a magic about him because he can appear in random places and um he can be very persuasive with mm-hmm. his um bell ringing and his his uh he, he's sort of he's on he's on the prophet almost. So Callist is like the priest of Leshevir, and he's the prophet of Leshevir, almost. Um, but he's obviously a bit a bit mad at the same time. And then Kavanagh. Um, so Kavanagh is named after Jack. Uh, he's Jack, Jack, well, Jack Kavanagh, and he's named after Jack. Um, not quite the same connection. Jack didn't design the card or the model or anything like I did with Daniel, but he, he was named after him as a sort of, again, a kind of homage almost to Jack helping promote the game in the early stages. And he's this kind of He's very creepy. He's a very creepy gnome. <laughs> um, and he's he's Kavanagh the Jongler, which basically means he's like an old-style jester, jester jongler. But like Daniel, he's just kind of mad, slightly, slightly, slightly mad. He's a bit weird. He's a bit dark. But he's also got this slightly odd magic about him where he can do stuff that you wouldn't necessarily think that he's got this almost sort of dark magic around him that he can do. And him and him and Daniel are kind of um, partners in crime a bit. They they tend to go around together almost all the time. Um, that wasn't necessarily written, I don't think, in the original thing, but that's been kind of written into the narrative now that him and him and Daniel they they spend a lot of time together, um, which I guess is kind of another, another a little bit of a homage to to me and Jack. We we've been gaming buddies for sort of over ten years. Um, and we've been, well, we've been friends for sort of thirteen years, but um, yeah, and and their, their abilities do do support each other quite well. Um, but again, when the second book comes out, you'll see in their bios, for example, that they they refer to each other and they they around each other quite a lot. Um, so yeah, that's a bit of background on those on those three. Um, any preferences on what we start with? Who we start with? Let's start with Callista first, because I think she's one of the simpler ones. Okay. Um, I'll let you run with her. Yeah. Um, she, I think she's probably one of the most straightforward models in the entirety of the Leshevolt faction, honestly. And given how complex and interwoven all the Leshevolt characters are with each other, it's probably not a bad thing. I think she's She's a good place to start off if you don't know where to start with Leshevolt. If you if you're looking over all the cards and you don't know, you can't make heads or tails of it. She's probably a good mold to stick in a list because she's got the original idea was, as I recall, is that she sort of can she can support every Leshevolt character to some degree. So that's why she's got the cultists and spirits get plus one arcane, which affects well pretty much everyone in the faction. And then she's got a very nice heal and uh, something which really helps with um, Leshevolt uh, fragility uh, protection uh, in built into that heal, which is very nice. Yeah. And that's what I was able to use with Anna, uh, sorry, Anya once. 
to uh, get her to finish off Baron von Fancy Hat without dying. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. But yeah, if you put protection on Strigamania, suddenly she becomes a bit terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Yeah, that keeps... Yeah, that kept, that, it's probably something I need to try more often. It's quite fun. But yeah, I stopped protection on her. She went in, killed something, uh, and then started... Well, the idea was but I executed it poorly. The idea was she'd start yo-yoing between her two forms. So she'd start as Anya Bartle, get protection, go in, kill something, immediately turn back to Anya Bartle, and then next yeah. turn, do the whole thing again, protect her, she goes in, kill something, turns back into other form. Uh, yeah, I need, to, I need to try that list out again sometime. That was quite fun. But otherwise, what does she have? She's got pyro- uh, paroxysm, pyro- uh, pyroclasm. I think that's how I've heard it pronounced. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I don't know. Actually, proxim, proxism. I, <laughs> I feel like I heard Tom pronounce Prox- it pyroclasm once, but I'm not sure. Weird. It's got no C in it. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. The, the, pyroclasm. The, pyroclasm would be P Y R O, wouldn't it? I think yeah. it's paroxysm. Maybe Tom would know. <laughs> the, the active ability which goes boom. That one, you know. It, basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cost for. So yeah, uh, it's another one of these. Like um, Anya's ability, sort of this Leshevolt action where she needs one more energy than her normal energy stock. Um, stock, but if she can, she got once per game. Everyone within three inches suffers three magical damage and is shoved away, which is it really rearranges the boards when it goes off. Oh yeah, and also it's all other models as well. So it's not, yeah. she doesn't for it as well, which is a particularly because a lot, a lot of area effects affect the person as well, but mm. hers does. So she can move up, do it. And like you say, yeah. suddenly people are pushed six inches apart or, um, yeah, yeah, can really things up. And they all get suffer magical damage. Um, it is, it is yeah. a really easy, like, so-and-so Leshevolt ability to get off because she's got something called Joy of Entropy as well. So whenever another character is slain, and that's when any on your side or models on the opponent's sides, uh, she gains an energy. So if she's got her full complement of energy and anyone else dies, she's got enough energy to, well... Big boom, whatever, however you pronounce it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then her signature is slip to the slip into the shadows, which is a kind of fairly standard kind of clericky, wizardy kind of one. Yeah. On low guard, doesn't deal damage, and you can move her four inches. So it's quite a good sort. Of def- it's a bit of a defensive thing yeah. actually. But the interesting thing is she's exactly. melee three, which actually isn't too low for a kind of cult of kind of clericky. Yeah, that's quite high for a cleric, if anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, and she's, she's got, got a dagger. dagger. Yeah, yeah. So plus one too. So she's not. She's not terrible in combat, basically. Yeah. Um, you know, she's one. She, she, she's a bit, a bit like, um, like Flintlock. You can yeah. kind of get that. Actually, he can kill you. <laughs> mm. um, yeah. She hasn't got anything like, thing, so she's dealing normal damage and plus one piercing. Suddenly, if she does like a couple of thrusts against you, suddenly you, you've suffered like six wounds. Mm. Uh, yeah, she's so, not yeah. outstanding, but she's not underwhelming. She's just quite a good all-round character, really. Yeah, she's basically with with her melee. You wouldn't want to go in against her with someone that's not necessarily entirely built for melee themselves. Yeah, because it's going to be a really even fight, and you don't necessarily want yeah. to go in with a new fight. <laughs> you want to go in knowing you're going to win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not um, the. It's a. It's a sort of um, thing. You um, you probably want to stay out your melee range in case, unless you've got armor, sort of thing. Yeah, because the the counter attack is not it's probably not going to kill you, but it's probably not a counter attack you really want to take. Yeah, exactly. Um, right, we'll move on a bit swiftly. I think because we're getting yeah. towards an hour and a half. Oh, I've just seen <laughs> the time. 
We're gonna we're gonna read the previous one I was on at this rate. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Kavanagh, the jungle. Yes. I'll give you. A, I'll give a quick rundown of the card. So he's melee three again. So again, not too low. Arcane three. Uh, I love the names of his abilities. Oh <laughs> so yeah. He's got roly poly. So basically, he just moves two inches and then gets minus two evade, which is really good actually. <laughs> it's really good if he's got a moonstone. It's amazing. Um, that's, he's really good. He's, he's actually quite a good moonstone carrier. You pick up a moonstone, do roly poly, suddenly he moves two inches away and is minus two evade. Yeah. Um, oh, he's great. He's great at manipulating moonstones in general because of the, he's got butterfingers as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he's got a little um, combo of juggling fate with that as well, but we'll get onto that in a second, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So uh, black comedy, which is one of the simplest ways you can give people energy. Uh, for Leshable. He's a really useful one for giving out energy easily because target friendly stuff wounds but gains one energy. So it's a really quick way to go, right, that person needs one more energy. There you go, you've got it. Um, it's not an arcane ability, so you just do it with two energy. Um, juggling fate is his big one. It costs four and he starts with three. So again, he needs to have an extra energy. So that's another reason why he works particularly well with Daniel. Um, but the interesting thing is when he's done it, he gains two energy. Um, you then draw the top three cards of the arcane deck. Look at them. Place one at the back, one at the top, and one, uh, one, uh, one back on the top of the deck, one back at the bottom of the deck, and one beside the character. So he gets to steal one out of three, and you can then use that card in your own arcane resist hand, which is different to meddle with fate because you can't use those. You remove them, but you can't use them. Whereas he can remove one and then also add it to your arcane resist hand whenever you want. Um, so you could steal a card that you might want, like uh, like a pink to, to do end is nigh, or a card that you want to use. But you could also nick a catastrophe in order to add it onto your resist hand. <laughs> so you can use it for various, it's lots of uses. And then lastly, he's got, and we'll I'll let you talk a bit more about that in a second. But uh, butterfingers, so their target loses possession of one moonstone they are carrying. Place it in base contact with that value of one. So it's a way of dropping moonstones. Really good if you're in sudden death. Ah, yes. It's a game winner in sudden death, basically, because mm. you make them drop one and suddenly you've won the game. Yeah. Great great stuff against the, uh, the uh, Revenant, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. One, one, more way, one more way to deal with the Revenant. Yeah, and particularly if he's got no energy, you can make him drop it, hopefully move him in some way, and then nick the moonstone off him. And then yeah. nick the moonstone. He can't do anything about it, so mm. yeah. Uh, last six signature is on right. Again, he, he's got some of the best names of his abilities. Um, <laughs> so his signature move is called Vanishing Balls Trick. <laughs> and uh, I think it's standard rising attack damage, but the enemy discards one energy, which you can then give yeah. to a friendly character. So within six inches, so it's pretty fun. Pretty funny. Yeah, um, yeah that's yeah. a standard rising attack, but it's, it has to be impact. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's, I didn't notice that. Yeah, has to be impact. Um, but the good thing is, even if you don't manage to do damage with it, you still get to nick the energy off them. Yeah. Um, so. And if you start critting, you, well, you can do some crazy things with that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can steal loads of energy off them. Yeah, yeah really, really yeah. ruined someone's day. Good, yeah. I think Lash of all got quite a lot of ways to ruin someone's day. <laughs> <laughs> Revenant. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but actually, he's, he, but then that, that's nothing. Well, he's he's good with the revenant because if the revenant's been dropped down to say two wounds, you're not really worried about his wounds. But he's a good way of giving the revenant energy that he wouldn't normally have. Yeah, or use black comedy to kill the revenant. 
Or you can use, yeah, exactly. You can just <laughs> kill them and then, or go into combat, nick some of the engine, give it to the Revenant. <laughs> so, yeah, he's a good one with the Revenant. But yeah, do you want to do you want to add any more? I probably do. Yeah. Um. Oh, well, I've, I've. Um. No, I've, I think you've sort of covered it there. Really, he's 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 got the standard sort of gnome energy thing. So, eight health, yeah. all three energy pips down the end. So, he's going to be doing whatever you want for the rest of the game. He's probably not going to be down any energy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So definitely, yeah. He's 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 very he is very much a support character. You don't really want him in combat or anything, mm. but um, but he is a really good support character. Oh yes, entirely. He's a really good, um, yeah. And because he's got the cultist keyword, he works well with um, uh, Callister. Yeah. Um, he'll get the plus one arcane for Butterfingers if he needs it. Um, mm. But hopefully he doesn't need it because you can um, juggling fate ensure you have the three and then well, exactly can that's all yeah. in the world. Yeah, that's that's what that's the best way of doing it really is if you can you do juggling fate, nick the card that yeah. you nick nick the red three or whatever three you need, and then cast butterfingers knowing you can definitely do it. Yeah. Um, I mean that's why his um comparatively low arcane stat isn't so bad because I mean, what you what the ideal situation is, you'll never really be chancing it. You'll just always have what you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, um, I think I saw a question about this somewhere else. That the juggling fate isn't once per turn, so you can stacking up to six energy, juggling fate, and then juggling fate again, and do that multiple times. Yeah, <laughs> I just. Yeah, run that with Danica and just steal all the pinks from the deck when you're playing against fairies. Go, right, okay. Um, horrifying visions if you want. I- I'll call in your bluff. Because I, I, I know you haven't got any. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and if you've got Gwendolyn too, which we'll get onto later, but she can also oh, do it. Gwendolyn. So. Gwendolyn, great model. Uh, I've got a lot of Kevin is another one, actually, that he's almost... He's a slightly simpler one to use, actually. Mm. Uh, because... Although, well, yes and no, because he's not doing not doing as much to your opponent apart from Butterfingers. So you have to know how to use him in terms of support. Yeah. But, um, you don't have as many hoops to jump through as some of the other models. No, no, but he's a fun one to, to stick in there. Yeah. Uh, and then, so last one, Daniel, I've talked about him a lot, so I'm not saying I do too much on, on Daniel because... <laughs> and and he, for obvious reasons he's been mentioned in a lot in a lot and when I, and I and also we've used him in a lot of battle reports so anyone that watches the channel would have seen him a lot um <clears throat> so I've only one to his card anyway just in case anyone hasn't heard of him before melee two he's got range two melee which is pretty good because there's not a lot of left that got two range melee um he's holding a massive sign <laughs> arcane <laughs> four um slightly maddening which is very situational, but absolutely hilarious if you get it to work. Um, <laughs> and I have got it to work a couple of times, and it is just, it's, a, it's the best feeling ever. <laughs> Quite maddening from the other side. It's, of the it's, it's like, yeah, maybe I should have called it very maddening, but <laughs> I, think, I call it slightly maddening because you don't, it doesn't actually get off that often. <laughs> you don't, it doesn't necessarily work that often when it does work. It's, it's great. Um, basically, you can, make, you can make the opponent re roll their dice when determining who activates first um, once per game. But I have used it before where like, I rolled a six and then Jack's rolled a six. I've gone, nope, you can re-roll that one. <laughs> and, <laughs> so it's been, yeah. Look at the shiny thing. That's one of his, 
really standard, really useful things. If he's if he's carrying a moonstone, he gives someone plus one energy during the and both the, the best thing with that is it's during the replenish step. So you haven't got to activate yeah. him like you have with everyone, with everyone else to get an energy. You've got to activate someone first. And this is out of activation, so you can start someone off with the extra energy that they need. So what you want to do with Daniel is you want to make sure that he's picking up that moonstone in turn one. Um, so really, that's all he really wants to be doing in turn one. You want to make sure he gets that moonstone in turn one because he can then do a look at the shiny thing every turn. Um, but interestingly, the thing, apart from look at the shiny thing, which is really important, the, the, the thing I, I use him for most next is actually plant the placard. Um, so it costs two, six-inch pulse once per turn. You move, you can move all other friendly models in the pulse up to two inches. And it's not a way. You can just move everyone two inches. Um, so it's a really powerful movement. And it's six-inch pulse. So it's, if he's in the middle of everyone, that's your entire troop that can suddenly move another two inches they couldn't move. Um, so it's really, it's really good. Um, he then can't move at all for any reason. So you've got to make sure that you use up his energy and he's where you want him to be. Um, and then... You can also use it defensively, though, as well. Because if you know someone's yeah. going to try and lure him in, plant the placards, then suddenly boom, 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 is uh, it's not going to worry you anymore. Uh, he, can, he can be moved. Is it? Um, yeah, it, it, it cannot take the job. Ah, sorry, I'm thinking, I'm thinking of uh, Billy because Billy's got a catastrophe where he he can't be moved, and that includes uh, friend uh, yeah. enemies as well. Yeah, yeah. No, he can he can be moved. That's why you want to be yeah. really careful. Make sure someone's been moved in front of him, or he's behind terrain, or something. Yeah, um, because then he is a bit stuck, um, and he can't even step away if someone does move him. So he's he's stuck there. Um, but can also still be used defensively in a sense that you can move your friendly models out of combat or you can um yeah but that's that's it move them out of combat or move them out of range yeah. kind of thing um and then like a lot of lesser vault, he's got heal <laughs> yeah of uh, course got Vinger. what i like about the lesser vault is they've got different kinds of heal you've got yeah you've got the standard, the standard healing on anya then the revenant is slightly different callister is slightly different daniels is slightly different um so his is all friendly characters within the pulse gain X wounds. It's not X plus one like the other ones, which is more, but he can hit a lot of people. Um, one of the best lists I've used him in is a giant list. Um, oh, the giant list is terrifyingly good. So I've used... It, the giant list for me is... And there's some of these aren't released yet, so it's a bit of a shame, but Daniel, uh, Kaufman, and then Gotchgut, Brunhilde, Dim and Dimmer, and... Lubard. And Lugards. So, because because the giant's got such big bases as well, he can usually do Bellringer to heal all the giants. Yeah. Um, and he's giving them the extra energy, and he's helping them move with Plant the Placard if he needs to as well. Um, I mean, he can't do yeah. both of them. But, but yeah, that, that extra movement along with Kaufman's extra movement is just uh, uh, four inches movement out of activation for giants is crazy good. Yeah, yeah, and just in case you need to move them a little bit further, just in case, <laughs> just okay. Let's say that giant's not quite where you want them to be. You just do Endis Nye instead. <laughs> um, so Endis Nye is one of the maddest abilities I think in the game, probably. Um, but it is—it's not hard to get off because it's just any red, any pink three. But it's got a random range. Um, it's a three X range, so really you want to make sure you're within three inches. Otherwise, it's a massive boost to four energy. 
um, or could be. So you choose any model within 3x, 3x, um, and that's any model, friend, yeah. foe, not affected by evade because it's just choose a model. Um, you cast it and then you choose someone within 3x um, and place them anywhere on the board that's within three inches of another model. So you can't just put someone in the corner. Um, you have to place them near someone, but you can use this in a different, several different ways. You can really mess them up by sticking their melee character all the way back next to their healer, um, which I've done before. I've stuck, I've moved Doug an awfully long way away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you can also put, you know, the Reverend in the middle of all their people. Mm. Um, or you can also do it on himself. So it's not, it's literally anyone on the board you can do it on. Yeah. So I've used it on him before to move him next to a moonstone that's a bit out of the way or uh, moved him back to safety. Um, but again, like a lot of less, it's got an interesting catastrophe. Um, either I really you, like the catastrophe on it. It's, I like it's catastrophe. useful. Yeah. So either you make him suffer four wounds um, or. Which you, you, you're rarely going to choose unless he hasn't got a, a moonstone. Mm. Um, or he's removed from play. Now, removed from play, as we said, with it's the same as the Revenant. If the Revenant is removed from play, he gets to keep stuff like moonstones. So if he's carrying two and you really don't want it, let's say he's suddenly getting surrounded and you really need him to hold on to those two moonstones, um, you could end his nigh and catastrophe on purpose to just remove him um, to freedom, as it were. Yeah. Um, or you can get someone like the Revenant or Zoya to Visions of the... I can't remember which one it is. Visions of the Future. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one. And yeah, you don't even have to You don't even have to flip for it. Yeah, yeah. So if, especially if he's holding two or three Moonstones, which is possible. Mm. Um, it's a really good way of just securing a load of stuff. And then you can kind of freely do whatever you like with anyone else because they haven't got to worry about protecting him. Um and then his signature is on sweeping cut. The idea with this one is that he's like sweeping his placard in a big arc. It's called Thwack. Um, I was quite pleased. <laughs> he just smacks someone over the head with his. With his it, it, it used to be really good. It used to do like a lot more damage, and we had to we had to nerf it a little bit because we oh, realised yeah. when he first came out. Um, I mean, we always whenever Tom or I or designed a card, it's always the idea is you always design them too good because it's easier to nerf them than it is to make them better. Um, as I'm sure you know, you, you've done lots of playtesting. You've seen that most characters get nerfed rather than improved. Yeah. Um, so it used to do a lot more damage, um, and it used to have a higher melee as well. Basically, it does. I think it's the same damage as sweeping cut, maybe slightly more. Um, but the opponent, the end step is the opponent has minus one melee stat, which obviously stacks. So if you manage to get a couple of sweeping cuts off and you hit them, one they're going to suffer a fair bit of damage. But they're then minus two melee. Yeah. So it's quite fun. Quite fun I've, for that. I have used the signature to set up some kills before. You know, you get someone's melee down real low and then well, the revenant, throw them in yeah. there, seeing their one card they have. Oh, you've got a falling swing, I guess I'll high guard and then thrust you twice. Yeah, it's, it goes along the same kind of lines as you've been saying with Boris. Like you can either surround them with bunnies. If you can't do that, you can hit them with Daniel and reduce their melee stat anyway. Yeah, um, and because he's got a two-inch melee, there's a good chance that he may be able to just stay out of the way and not suffer damage back and sweeping cut to his heart's content. Mm-hmm. So the last thing to mention on him really as well is that he is so he's a human cultist. So he benefits from many cultist keywords. And he's a cleric. So there are a few. 
um, event agenda cards that benefit clerics is Commonwealth. Um, interestingly, the human Commonwealth. Hmm. Um, so, and he he does have a really good place in a lot of Commonwealth builds. I think, um, as I just mentioned, he's, he's I think he's really good in in the giant build, which is which which you can't actually play yet. Yeah, you can almost play it. Well, yeah, you can play it without Dim and Dimmer. You can play without Dim and Dimmer. You can still play it with three giants, um, and you could always stick. Um, possibly Gwendolyn, I'd probably stick Gwendolyn in actually. Um, it would be quite a good addition to the giant. List. Oh, no, she wouldn't be able to go in the giant list. Yeah. She's, not, she's not Commonwealth. So, um, Boris would be a good one in the giant list. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Or you could just um, put Jackalope in. I mean, it's not a yeah, giant. Yeah, Jackalope. It's, it's not a giant, but it's, it's a giant. giant. Yeah. He's, yeah. He, he's almost the fifth giant, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, we well, pretty much is the fifth giant. The only it's thing big like old that, monster model. Yeah, he, he he doesn't benefit from Brunhilde's giant stuff, but mm. uh, but he's big and scary. Oh yeah. So yeah, and I think the thing, the interesting thing with Daniel is that he's he's very useful in Nashavolt because he can give the extra energy out for those various abilities that people have that uh, cost more than they start with. Um, but I actually, I mean. Maybe it's just because I'm biased, and maybe it is, but <laughs> I find it quite hard not to take him in any Leshevel or Commonwealth build. Um, and maybe I've become too reliant on him because I, I've used him a lot and I know how to use him. But I find it quite hard not taking him. He's, I think he's like Callistron that he is very, um, he's, he's he's very good at doing uh, some things quite in a quite straightforward fact. Uh, straight, uh, Quite straightforward manner, so he's really easy to start off with, and to an extent, he's just always phenomenally good in sort of whatever list you put him in. That look at the shiny thing, the facts that I think you were mentioning earlier, the fact that it's out of activation means you can do some really crazy things in Lesher Vault. Whereas normally, a lot of the things in Lesher Vault, you see someone do it, you try and shut it down quickly. It means yeah. if you're going first, you can stick that energy on Lubars, you don't have to wait for someone to put the extra energy on Lubar to get him going again. He's just all round quite good. Yeah, same with you could do juggling fate straight away. Um, mm. There's lots of things that you could do uh, with fate straight away. Um, it's all those abilities, all those abilities that cost more. You can yes. remove necrophys. Um, yeah, you can do righteous fury. Um, you can summon a you can summon jackalope. Um, yeah, although some jackalope would. Well, yeah, yeah. The summon, yeah, yeah, the Boris is weird. The anyway. Yeah, I didn't have the energy anyway because he can only do that obviously on turn two. Um, but it might be that Boris has failed to summon a bunny in turn one. It's unlikely, yeah. but he might have done. Um, but yeah, um, yeah. And in in Commonwealth list, because one of the things that picked up one of the questions people had asked on the Facebook group was um, how to use his characters like in in different builds. Um, he's quite good in like noble builds. There's often low there's often low energy in noble builds. Um uh, I sort of find. Um it's uh, Commonwealth don't have much energy manipulation and everyone likes energy, so he's just gonna be brilliant yeah. in any in a, uh, Commonwealth list. Especially I can imagine him being decent with gnomes, because obviously they like to clump up quite a lot, so that it's an additional heal and a heal which pulses out, which would be good on a clump, and obviously additional energy for well, probably young Jack. 
Yeah, definitely. I was just about to say, yeah. Because obviously, no, if you're playing a gnome list, then they've only got one healer. So he benefits that other healer. And like I said, like to close together. Um, and yeah, yeah, he likes to give that extra energy. Because I think, because he, he, he could give the extra energy to like Nama Gimbal, for example, who can then do healing twice. Mm. Um, so, and even if he can't do his healer, let's say he does plant the placard to move them or something, or end his nigh someone or whatever, Mama Gimbal can still do two heals and she's a very, very good healer. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, he's he's definitely useful in that. And like I said, I really like him in the giant in a giant list um, and a noble noble list. Um, like I say, yeah, he he can fit in really easily into anyone because if nothing else, look at the shiny thing and plant the placard. Um, mm. Are useful in any list. Being able to well, move your move loads of people two inches, being able to give any credit, even if that's all he does all game, that's still going to be really useful. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's, there's, there's not a single model in the game who doesn't like extra energy, and there's not a single model in the game who doesn't like an extra, an extra movement, and he does those both very well with very little um, setup required. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, cool. Well, I think that's those three treat boxes covered. I think we'll yeah. do our best to move on to. We'll do Lubard and Gwendolyn. They're kind of the. I mean, Gwendolyn's a bit of an odd one because she's not going to be available for one, I don't think, but. Um, we'll do we'll do definitely Lubard because I mm. love Lubard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Lubard is oh, it's so fun when everything starts going right. Yeah, do, do, I'll let I'll let you run with Lubard if you want. I did a lot of talking about those two, so I'll, I'll let you go. With, do you want to just go over his card quickly and then I'll let you go with uh, the rest? Of oh yeah, sure. So um, he's um sort of he's. I was, I was gonna say standard giant, but that's not really the case. He's a he's a giant with um some really good stats off the bat. Like uh, he's got a, a three melee, which is probably just slightly above average for a giant, because they're not usually that high in melee. Um or so at least slightly above average or standard. And then he's got a whopping three inch melee range, which yeah. um uh, having having played a lot of goblins, three inch melee ranges are obscenely useful. Very nice. Uh, he's also got three arcane, which it's it's useful for haul in, but I've not found myself using haul in too much. It, although it is very good when the need arises, I think. Yeah. And then he's a giant, so plus two of eight. He's super easy to hit. He's got fourteen uh, wounds, so yeah, it's he's going to take a bit of a beating before going down, but he's not got any damage reduction, so he's gonna he's gonna go down faster than Gotchka, who probably used to the damage reduction and whatnot yeah um it's a bit more situational on the uh on the damage in the melee damage he deals it has to be impact damage to get plus two so on on the get-go it's only um, falling swings and rising attacks that he's going to buff but he uh he does have a signature which will help with that yeah um <clears throat> the line <laughs> Faith means he does need to have a friend around if he wants to harvest or jock because he's a massive blind giant. Uh, he needs someone pointing him in the right direction or he's going to start stumbling around and not knowing exactly what he's doing. And in the same vein, th this was something found during playtesting that he needed something to dial back his, his combat prowess as we'll get on to a second why he's so horrifically deadly in combat. He's got predictable combatant. So your opponent's going to know exactly what this sort of blind flail wheeling maniac is doing in combat but yeah, yeah. but he uh, has got righteous fury 
Yeah, here we go. Righteous Fury. So it's another sort of lesser vault action. So you need one, you need an additional energy to get this off. But if you can get this off, it costs three energy. The first part of this ability, you get three energy. So if you can use this, always use it because it literally pays. It literally uh, pays itself off. Uh, and then he gets plus one melee stat, so that boosts him up to four melee, which is really good for a giant. Plus one arcane yeah. stat and plus one melee damage, so he's dealing plus three impact damage at this point. With at least, with, with if he's if he's gone into combat with at least six cards, mm. and oh, three yeah. and three lots of it at three into melee. <laughs> yeah. Um, the next most important thing is got to be his signature because his signature is um. He has a three-inch melee range, but ideally you want to be within one inch of your opponent just to get his signature sort of working on all gears. So it's a um, it's an upgrade for a sweeping cut. It's impact. So if you've got uh, your Righteous Fury off, and you, you always want to set up Lubard for Righteous Fury because of how much stronger it makes him. Yeah. So yeah, sweeping cut. Is, uh, the damage is exactly the same as I recall. But... I think it is, yeah. Impact, yeah, yeah, and then we're, and then uh, we get on to the the bits at the bottom of the card, which is a really scary bit. So if the enemy is within one inch of you, it cannot play end step effects. So things where people are dodging away or giving you nasty side effects are not going to go off if they're within one inch of you and you get this. And I just I'm going to end up reading, and most importantly, yeah. that is written before the bit that says end step effects. Yes. It's not like they. It's not like if they were the attacker, they could shoot. Which end step attack effect happens first? This this isn't an end step effect. It happens before mm. effects. So oh yeah, go on. Yes, no, that's a very good point. But he also does have an end step effect, and uh, yeah, um, if you're if they were within one inch, uh, they also suffer two wounds. So that's suffering wounds. So it goes straight through armor and bodyguards and everything. Uh, they lose two energy and suffer minus two melee stat until the end of the turn. And uh, if you crit, then you're doing that multiple times, and you're yeah. really putting hurt into something. So basically, because one, one thing of that is, you're either because you're going to kill them because you're you going to kill them. <laughs> if you crit against, say, a falling swing, you're doing nine damage. Yeah, you're doing seven with a normal hit of two lots of two plus three damage, then suffer two wounds. Yeah. Let's say you're hitting someone that's oh, got... Oh, and then we'll suffer two wounds again if you crit. What's that? If you crit, you'd suffer, they'd suffer two wounds again, so it'd be 11. It'd be 11. It's, oh, yes, yeah, it yeah. would, yeah, it'd be 11. So yeah. even Watch Gut is going to suffer 10 wounds. Yep. You'd be minus one from the original damage, but still suffer the four. So that's Watch Gut suffering 10 wounds in one go, then losing all his energy, then losing basically all his melee stat. Yeah. So you hit him again. but... It also feels like there's not a lot your opponent can do about it because even if they've seen your card, if you've got two sweeping cuts, yes, they know you're going to play two sweeping cuts. All they can do is maybe try and do some more damage to you, but they're not going to kill you because <laughs> you've got 14 health. Oh, yeah. yeah the trick and, for this and, guy, their, and their end effects don't work. The trick with this guy is, God, do not be within one inch of him. Leave energy on people to reaction step out because if, they're, if you're over an inch away from him, you do get to see his hand. And if he's only got falling swings, you know he's falling swinging, so you can hide guard and ignore that. What would yeah. be insane damage coming your way? Uh, and he's also he's also plus two evade, so that's it comes with all the other problems giants normally have. Ridiculously easy to control. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Move him in all uh, places, fire blast him, whatnot. Yeah, yeah, he's a great candidate for the fire spitter or rival, mm-hmm. or even just your standard like quarrel. Yeah. Um, you know, quarrel's probably caused a good chance of getting a three against him and therefore doing six damage. Um, and Quarrel's also pushing him back, which is very useful. Just keep him yeah. away from you. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he's going to struggle against a, um, against a, uh, like a gnome, or a commonwealth, I can't, I can't, I prefer to call it a commonwealth gun line because you might put a flintlock in it. Um, yeah. He's going to struggle against a commonwealth gun line because he'll get, he'll get shot before he can do anything. Unless um, you've got your friend Danica who steals all the greens from the deck. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, the other nice thing to do with Danica, if well, going back quite a bit now, I admit, um, that puppeteer thing we were talking about earlier, <clears throat> it's yeah. target anything. So yeah. as well as targeting your opponent, you target Lubard. After he, after he does his activation, you know, doing lots of damage, you then get to activate Danica and he goes again, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and yeah. if five attacks from Lubard doesn't kill something, then, well, it's probably the Revenant. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, so, yeah, probably. Yeah. It's even worse if you've given her the extra energy to can puppeteer him to do righteous fury. Yes. Yeah, that's a really fun interaction because she loses the three energy and then he gains the three energy. So yeah. then during his activation, he's on like six energy and he's already righteous fury. Yeah. So. Yeah, it it gets silly. It gets silly, very, very scary. The other thing I'd also add, I realized I didn't do it at the beginning, what I'd done for the rest of them, for, for Lubard, his background, he's, to my not, he's, he's a cultist, so he follows closely along with, like, Callister, Daniel, and Kavanagh. Um, mm. I think the way he's being written in is he's he's kind of almost Callister's bodyguard. <laughs> yeah, so he's, yeah. He kind of, he almost worships Callister. So he's this kind of that blind faith. He's this, he is technically blind, but he's also, he follows unquestioningly. Um, and basically, he follows Callister and Daniel and Kavanagh sort of unquestioningly. He follows them, particularly Callister. Um, yeah. You know, he, he, he reveres her as this, this, this conduit to less of it. Um, and his model, I mean, anyone that's back the Kickstarter oh, and, yeah. didn't, and didn't get the limited edition Lubard, quite frankly, Deserves to be shot. <laughs> oh, <laughs> one second. <laughs> because, yeah. One second. I mean, the that, model that... is really nice. Yeah, I'll give you that. He's got the hood down, and you can see sort of he is blind as well, and wielding yeah. that sensor chain around, and all the the smoke clouds coming. Oh, it's a really nice model. I, mean, I, don't, I don't regret getting it. <laughs> don't get me wrong. The, the standard model is also great. The standard model is very Moonstone to me. It's that yeah. is, it, it, they brought back the kind of whimsical side of it. He's like holding this chain up with a pinky sticking out. Um, That's the pinky fingers there. Almost, almost, he's almost like mincing as well, isn't he, as he's walking. He's mincing along. Um, yeah. Having his little centre bearer, which he's going to whack you really hard with. Um, whereas the, the limited one where he's sort of got his hand out and he's about to swing that chain really hard yeah. is quite... It's, it's very dynamic pose. It, it looks like someone is about to be reduced to a pulp. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I haven't painted I think when I paint them, I have to paint them at the same time to make sure I get the paint the same. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I've painted. got my limited. I've got my limited edition one painted up, and I'm, I'm very happy with it. I was exceedingly happy. Yeah, with I've it. seen your, I've it's seen just... your. It is really good. Oh, cheers. Really good. Yeah, 
Very good. Um, right, let's go on to Gwendolyn then. Yeah. So she's a bit of a funny one to talk about, really, because I don't think she's going to be released for a while. Um, I don't believe so, no. Because she's going to be released with two other fairies um, that are only in the early stages of testing. Um, mm-hmm. So kudos to those of you about the Kickstarter got her because you're going to be one of the yeah. first one and also <laughs> the sculpt of her from this kickstarter is a limited edition sculpt as well mm. so she's yeah. she's not named on the card but the, the current sculpt we've got is the it's called the willow aspect um yeah when, when she's released when she's released at retail she'll be the, the cherry aspect which will be that the idea of the cherry one that says that she, she'll be a cherry tree in full bloom um, to be all that variety, and she's she's sort of um, laying quite slightly erotically, really, across a tree. Um, but the the point of the sculpt is you can't tell if the willow trees is a tree or if it's her. Um, yeah, they they blend together very well. It's interesting. I think it's absolutely. It's again, it's, it's well, I can't really choose a favorite to be honest. With you amongst Leshevol, particularly the sculpts that all look so amazing, but. There is something really amazing about the Gwendolyn model. Um, yeah, it's so, so well done. It's, I I can't put my I can't put my finger on it. It's something about the model, how the model is sort of interacting with a terrain piece that's sort of built into the model itself, which is yeah. what I'm finding interesting. Because if you like removed a tree from the model, absolutely nothing would make sense. Should be sort of what like leaning back on midair. Like, yeah, I, e- e- even even more so because obviously all almost all the fairies are on some kind of terrain yeah. piece to make them basically to make their models bigger. To be honest, but oh, she yeah. inter- hers she interacts with hers yeah. um, in a really yeah. Uh, that's that's um, what I'm trying to very to try very glibly yeah. to get across. But yeah, because if you remove from, like the little tree from Tito or like from Belladonna, like they. With the tree absent, the model will still make sense. But if you remove the tree from her, yeah. it'd be just be, it would... yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think I think I've got this yeah, my point across from very in understandable yeah. enough fashion. Yeah, <laughs> just... you know, I, I, I think well, I, I think you made sense, but I've also got the model in front of me. That always helps. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm holding um, the model right now. It's the most recent Leshevolt model I got painted up of. Yeah. Oh really? Have you, yeah, have you put yeah, a picture? Yeah. Sorry. Have you put a picture up yet? Oh, there's probably a picture on the Discord channel somewhere. Oh, I don't follow the Discord very much, unfortunately. I just don't. I can't follow too many things at once. Oh, I, I am. I am on a Discord server. I, I don't uh, check okay. it to be honest. But um, there, there's a there's a plug for anyone with Discord. Go. There's a link on the Facebook page that Tom just pinned recently. But there's a, just over a hundred people now, and there's a lot of discussion. If you if you want any more Moonstone sort of related content, it's like painting, law discussions, a bit of everything really. Very useful if you want to play online games at the moment because uh, tabletop simulator chat. Yeah, I, I mentioned tabletop simulator in the intro before. Oh, I, okay. yeah, I mentioned it. Um, I haven't actually been able to play it unfortunately because I don't have a PC to play it. Um, basically, I don't own a PC. I have the only computer I have is a work computer, and I can't start installing things on it. Because I'll get yeah. Well, I'll get <laughs> <laughs> anyway, let's get back to back to Gwendolyn. Yeah, Gwendolyn. Uh, she's she's another one actually that I haven't actually interestingly haven't actually played that much. I know you've oh, I think you've played that more. So if it's alright, I'll let you run with that a little bit. Oh, that's absolutely fine. But me, she's probably one of my one of my three favorite models in the Leshevolt faction for 
quite a few reasons. I probably, I'm, I'm probably Gwendolyn for me is like a brother Daniel for you. I can't seem to not use her. She just mm. makes every single one of my lists because she's so. It's probably because um, if 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 um, I think I might have wrote about this on my blog or at least talked about it a lot on the Discord server. But if you've or at least if you've seen the way I play, I rely heavily a lot on Boom Boom McBoom and uh, other models with lure effects. And what Gwendolyn has is a very, very good lure effect off of Arcane 5. And yeah. she also has a, ten... a heal. Sorry? With a, with a 10-inch range. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, it's a really good lure. It's also, unlike Boom Boom at Booms, it's uh, just target. So you can start hitting your own friendlies with it. Yeah. Also... Um, she happens to be near Callister, then she's Arcane Six. Yeah. So. Yeah, and yeah, that that pull, pulling enemies towards you with her, she finds really easy with that Arcane Five. Um, and then as well as that, um, what I usually use, yeah, Boom Boom at Boom for is like all the support, obviously, just pulling things in to kill. Um, she kind of one ups Boom Boom at Boom in the fact that as well as uh, a lure which she can hit both enemies and friendlies with. She's got a heal, which also moves friendlies. So well, whenever I've got Gwendolyn on the board, she's moving my entire troop around and keeping them all healthy. And with her evade of minus two, and with her uh, being able to sit so far back with those crazy ranges, she's usually pretty safe from everything as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. She's really good in fairies lists as well. Oh, because oh, yeah. she's got because she's got the range that fairies haven't got. Mm. Most most fairy abilities, apart from like the standard healing spell, which is eight inches, almost almost all other fairy abilities are sort of six six inch range. So yeah. she can she can pull those people in for Diana to hit without without Diana mm. having to write the board. She can pull those people in for wasps and stab them to death without without yeah. having to pull into much opposition. And. So, um... If you're like using a Dominion Fairies, unlike Leshevolt, um, in Dominion Fairies, obviously you've got sort of fairy support. Uh, Diana can chuck a one energy and then she can lure something twice. And it's at that, well, at that point, it's probably over the halfway line. And then Foxglove and Diana are, well, to blast to get to death. Yeah, doing, what they, doing what they do, yeah. Yeah, doing yeah. what they do best. So, yeah. I, 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 I'm now realising I don't have much else to say about her. She's probably one of my favourite models in the faction, but it's just sort of so straightforward. While I, I like her, just a crazy yeah. good lure and some healing with even more movement built into it. Um, yeah, the only other thing I guess to add is if she got Scry, um, cost four. Yeah. So it, it is, it's quite a high cost, but you can do it straight off the bat if she wants to. Mm. Uh, it's not as powerful as the other arcane manipulation ones because she just gets to pull the top the top deck the top card of the deck and then keep mm. it um so like i've done it before where i've got like a blue one it's like oh great um but i've also done it before when i've got a red three <laughs> and gone Ooh, oh yeah. great <laughs> i mean, <laughs> you know? I mean the, the the most important thing about that one really is uh on the top right of her card she's not pure leshevolt so it gives dominion an option to sort of scry the arcane deck yeah yeah and so... it's also it's, it's something nice to do well it's something nice to do if she's not luring someone or healing someone but honestly most of the time i use her she's pretty much always healing or luring someone so 
I generally don't yeah. tend to get much use out of it, but it's a nice sort of, oh, nothing's happening. Let's just guarantee an ability going off next time, maybe. It's a nice thing about, I think I find with a lot of, um, well, with Leshvolt as well, but with a lot of Moonstone models, is they, they aren't necessarily one-dimensional. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got the odd one, like, um, like the beast is basically going there and hitting people. Um, <laughs> but a lot of these characters have like almost like two sides to them where they, you've got different options you can use them for. Um, yeah. You're not taking, yes, Gwendolyn, you know, her, her primary function is to heal and move um, and survive. Um, but if you happen to be sort of on top in turn one, you don't need to move anyone, don't need to heal anyone, well, I'll still on nick a card then. Um, mm-hmm. Like, because you might save her towards, you might be saving her towards near the end of the act of, of the end of the, um, uh, an activation for healing if you need her, but let's say she doesn't need to heal anyone and you didn't really need to lure anyone at the moment. Well, I'll just do something. You can use something else you can do because sometimes, like mm. if you if you've got heat like purely healer characters and you've got no one to heal, you can get to the end of the turn and go, well, I'm going to do it. Um, yeah, it feels like you're wasting energy, whereas you're not necessarily wasting energy with her if you haven't got anyone to heal or move. Yes, yeah, that's quite nice as well. Yeah, and then her signature is on high guard. It's a fairly standard kind of defensive one. Um, it's on high guard, and the end effect is the enemy cannot make a melee attack action attack on this character again, mostly to the end of the turn. So she basically yeah. just saves herself. As long as she survives, she then can't get hit again, which is pretty good. Mm. Um, <laughs> There's the big one, though, if she survives. She, she's only got six wounds. Melee so. two. Um, mm. Just going to find her... Entry, yeah, she has got an entry in um, Treasures and Tyrants at all. But so she lives in Darkwoods. Um, she is supposed to be this kind of mesmerizing, funny enough, alluring uh, fairy. Um, she she's not like evil, but she's obviously quite sort of mischievous, and um, she's sort of like I said, she kind of blends in with the trees around her. Is almost is almost part of the trees around her. Um, Uh, yeah, and she kind of yeah, she's kind of mystical and um, secretive, like well, like all the fairies are really. But um, yeah, there's not much else to add to her really. I think she's absolutely fantastic. I need to use her more actually. Um, oh, I do recommend so. If if you think gloom makes the animals fast, just add the um, uh, Gwendolyn in as well, and they're just zipping all over the table. You don't. Yeah. You're not scared to overextend anymore because if they do start to get into trouble, then Gwendolyn just pulls them back in. Yeah, yeah, pretty mad, really. Right. Well, we'll move on to the the. We'll just do the three or well, the four fawns. Yeah. Um, uh, Boris, Jackalope, Chubbs, and Gloom. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to bother suggesting that we go over each of their cards because I said at the beginning of sure. this, basically go and listen to the fawn one. That, that has a breakdown of the cards and a basic breakdown of how to use them. So what I'm yeah. suggesting is I'm going to let you just have a bit of a talk about how you'd use all three of them, all four of them. All four um, of them at the same time? Not necessarily at the same time, but just generally okay. don't, don't worry about going through their cards. Um, oh, yeah, sure. Because that's on a previous on a previous podcast, yeah. basically. Um, I mean, obviously, we've already talked a bit about all of them, actually. But mm. Boris features featured quite a lot with his, with his bunnies, but I'll let you just yeah. talk as much as you want, really, about, about uh, them. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, B- Boris and uh, Jackalope are going to go as my other two Leshevolt favourites. Um, Boris is um, 
but, but Boris is uh, a bit weird for me because I sort of I, I helped a little bit with some of the rules on his card, so um, it's sort of got a special place for me like that. And at the same time, he's just a crazy rabbit summoning maniac. And um, I, when I used to play Malifaux, I loved all the summoners. So this guy is just oh, just loves his pl- love his play style, especially love sort of summoning as many bunnies as humanly possible, and then just crowding everyone out and drowning them under a tide of bunnies. It's ridiculously silly and very entertaining, at least from where I'm standing. <laughs> but, yeah. He's, a, yeah. he's also kind of the... He's, he's almost like the poster boy for Leshevolt. Oh, yeah. Because um, he was the one that he kind of appeared on the in the Kickstarter. He's like the first one you could back and stuff. Mm. Um, uh, but he's a real, like, hook for people, I think, into Leshevolt. Ah, uh, hook for Because he's Boris <laughs> the Boy, someone else. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway... Yeah. But um, in terms of how I use him, um, I've 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 wrote about this in quite a lot of detail. I've wrote about this in quite a lot of detail because he's probably one. He's the centerpiece of one of my favourite Leshvelt lists, which is yeah, which is Boris. Where it's basically the four you just mentioned. So Boris, Jackalope, Gloom, Chubbs, the Beast, and then if I'm playing with six models, usually Gwendolyn. Uh, and the and the idea is you basically just spam animals. Uh, <laughs> you you buff his you buff his signature, so his signature deals plus one damage for each animal within four inches. Um, if you got sort of all the gears going, that turns into plus five damage. Uh, and then you yeah you just swamp something with bunnies, and he just goes ah six damage, six damage. Oh, you're dead. And obviously the beast is nearby. Uh, making everyone predictable combatants, so he's not having any problems beating people up. Um, yeah, uh, where to start on that? Where to start on that? Where to start on that? Um, the first, uh, first thing with Boris is, oh, I always take him with Chubbs. I, I find it hard to not take him with Chubbs, because with Chubbs, um, you can give him plus two energy turn one, then he's up six energy. That means you can summon two murder bunnies turn one. Which yeah. means in the following turns he's now at six energy, so he can then summon his last murder bunny, and he's got three energy spare to go start, you know, commanding them around and and digging up moonstones and or well rabbit punching people. Um, yeah. Beyond that, that's the that's my main way I use him, honestly. Just yeah, sort of a rabbit death star thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you do you summon the jackalope much or not? I I am. Um, it's very um. So the, pro- the the problem with being a statistician is I look at those numbers and I really don't like them. <laughs> they, they they get with four, It's not easy to get it off. Yeah, with four arcane and only need and needing a three, it's it's not likely. So I I am really loath to rely on that. I prefer to see the the summon the. Uh, I, the two things I summon the jackalope for is an absolute backup if necessary, and the catastrophe because the catastrophe for summon the jackalope is yeah you suffer three wounds you get a murder bunny, and if you've got someone like the revenant nearby you're spending two of the revenant's energy to get something which normally costs three energy with a card flip for free essentially, yeah. so yeah. it's good energy manipulation and it takes a little bit of bad luck out. And well, if you do, if you do that turn one and do the chubs, then at the end of turn one you've got three murder bunnies, which is really nice. Oh yeah. yes, I think the other thing I've used some of the jackalope for once before, which was the weirdest way I've used it, 
is I had the jackalope with, I think there was one or two moonstones. And then I had it hightail off the board, so remove itself from play. And then with the wording of this, technically I could summon a new one back in because there were no friendly jackalopes in play because my previous yeah. one with the two moonstones had been removed from play. Yeah, you can definitely that's, do that. That's yeah. the weirdest use I've had for it. But it's yeah, it's not something I like to rely on. Uh, so that's why I generally tend to bring the jackalope along with me because, yeah, especially because I like have the jackalope having energy on turn one because the jackalope can do a lot with its energy on turn one because of um, hop. So we let's I'll get the jackalope's card up quickly. There we go. So yeah, hop. Yeah, it's two energy. Move this model four inches. So like, straight off the bat, one energy is normally one inch. So that's like that's that's really good. That's a really good energy trade off. Yeah. So what I like doing is if I'm not summoning off Boris, I, I like sticking energy on Jackalope. Uh, yeah. And then with yeah. that, what you can do is you can run him up to this. This is, this is something I like using Gwendolyn for. You can run him up to what would normally be quite a risky moonstone near the center of the board. Um, hop up there. He has burrowing claws, so it's easier for him to dig. He can run into this position, grab this risky moonstone, hop back if he's got enough energy. And if he hasn't, Gwendolyn can come in and start pulling him back. So it's a, it's a deceptively fast monster. Just oh yeah, no, he's that big, possibility. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Or, or if not, um, if Gloom's in range, Gloom can move. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, yeah. If you got Gloom, then the Jackalope's just flying all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you got Boris the Bunny somewhere nearby, you, yeah, you swamp something else in bunnies. Jackalope goes in and well, murders it. Yeah, because Jackalope's also really good at just hitting stuff. Oh yeah, the pl plus two piercing is yeah. It only goes off thrusts and rising attacks, so it's relatively easy to block by comparison of most sort of damage buffs it's when it does go through oh it hurts a lot especially the gore the rising attack um signature yeah. really packs a punch because it even does damage against low guard yeah well yeah it does yeah it'll do two damage oh and it's moved yeah and it moves the enemy one inch so if you're obviously it's not, if it's not away from you either if you don't want it to be yes yeah, exactly. So, so if you've got uh, an enemy crowded out by one murder bunny, you can use that inch to push him into another murder bunny's engagement range and just, you know, make the next attack even more horrific. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what... Yeah, the jackalope weirdly sort of flexes depending on what I'm playing against in the games for me, between just sort of torpedo in with gloom and kill something and just... Hyper mobility, grab moonstones, and evade enemies. So yeah. that's uh, it's one I like using with the. Actually, we'll get onto that witch thing in a minute because I think somebody on the Facebook said about uh, um, good good lists. So I'll, 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 I might briefly run over that quickly if we have time at the end. Yeah, yeah, no, fine. Yeah, I, I'm happy for this podcast as long as we want. I don't don't mind it being long. Oh, it's just if my it's just if my children happen to wake up. Oh, okay. <laughs> So, yeah, no, happy to go on as long yeah. as we want. It's fine. Yeah, well, well um, we def I've definitely smashed the time on the last one. <laughs> you have, yeah. yeah we've definitely destroyed it. Especially, my, my, my intro is seven and a half minutes long as well. Oh, so, we're on, we're on two hours and 21 minutes at the moment. It's fine. Oh, that's impressive. Hey, well, this well, is probably the longest one I've ever done. <laughs> yeah. Well, good. Yeah, oh, good. It's got to be. I haven't, 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 done, haven't done a podcast, I think, since February, because I just haven't been able to. So, it's good to get yeah. a good long one in. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. 
there's, there's not been one for two months, so here's uh, a podcast at the length of two now, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> anyway, keep anyway yeah. yeah, continue. We've got, yeah, yeah, we've got yeah, Gloom yeah. Jobs yeah. to cover as well. So, yeah, keep going. Yeah, I mean, I'm, and it's great, so keep going. Mm, yeah, Jobs and Gloom, Gloom is... Um, the Smothering Darkness catastrophe is nice situationally, but I'm going to be realistic. Uh, if I'm taking Gloom, I'm using Whispers as a Wild Things every turn with him, twice. Yeah. Because uh, possibly shadow, possibly shadow walk to move him around a bit more. But yeah, possibly if it's needed. It's maybe. Yeah, he can. If um, if you're playing a little more cautiously, what you can have at the start is you can have the jackalope reducing a bunch of things to um, a bunch of moonstones to depth one. He can pick them all up, and then because of shadow walk and slip into shadows, he's actually not bad at sort of retaining them and keeping them away from people. Yeah. Which yeah, is quite nice. Interesting one. Um, he's definitely like a support character. Oh um, yeah, he's no doubt. But he's very good at it. He's very good at it. Mm. Although, actually, I've, I've used Smothering Darkness to finish something off once, but it's yeah, um... and, that, and that's that thing about that I said about the other level about having another tool in the box. It's not just movement stuff because he can actually hit stuff. I mean, I mean, it's only at plus one, and yeah. they get minus one evade. So it's yeah, it's you know. You're only really going to use it if you're thinking someone's got someone's got like two health left. Yeah, um, exactly. Because if they've got like ten health, you can do it. So well, I'm actually giving, I'm actually helping you a little bit. So you wouldn't, you probably wouldn't do it, but um, you, you do shadow walk and get get him the hell out of there. Um, yeah, well, it's, but, it's um, definitely not. It's definitely not a sustained attack. You don't want to do it multiple times, or they're going to be you know down to evade minus two, and then. If if they do if they do something really dodgy and you need Gwendolyn to lure them back in, then you're you're out of luck, really. Yeah, I mean he he used to have in in his first iteration he had atrophy, same as um yeah, same as Foxglove, um and mm. basically realised that he was a really good at moving stuff and really good at killing stuff, so yeah, he was just he was a bit too good then, so he had to be yeah. a little bit. Yeah, and whispers for the wild things used to be even crazier. Uh, up until it, it received a, a, a small change, but it's it's, it's definitely a lot more reasonable now. What what was the change on it? I can't remember. So it used to it used to be one energy, and it used to move target animal two inches. Right, but that's better. Yeah. So now you need to have so so now you can't spend all of your energy if you've like lost one of your energy somewhere. So it's just a little more. It's a, li it's a little less flexible and it moves you a little less far now. But it used to be, yeah, you used to spend one, two yeah, inch, spend one, two inch, spend one, two inch. Uh, it's, yeah, because it you yeah, basically, before you, before you can move someone eight inches, now the most you can move them mm -hmm. without little energy is six. Yeah. Uh, so and and there's still like a long way in Moonstone. Mo moving someone six inches is a really long way. Oh, yeah. And especially because you're not um, going over the arcane deck, so this is not going to fail. It's also missing the word friendly. So if your opponent brings Doug, then and you yeah. don't like where that, that that Doug is, you can just sort of tell him to, you know, just shuffle off quickly. Yeah, or, so, or, or they, same if they bought the Beast, or mm. I mean, he's not out yet, but Sir Hogwash, or any of the any of the animal, or they, or they bought their own Jackalope. Now you can bug off over there, actually. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. He's he's actually quite a good right. defense against. He's actually quite he's quite a good. Obviously, he's good with the beast because he can move him. He's also quite a good defense against the beast because he can move him. Yeah, that's a great defense so. against it. Yeah, any animal list. 
or any of this with animals even. Um, right, we should probably go on to Chubbs then, I guess. Yep. Um, Chubbs. Um... Sorry. He's a little cherub. Oh yeah, yeah he's a little, little darling who's always doing really well in any list with fawns or animals. Uh, he, he's he's kind of he's kind of um, kind of like Gloom. There's there's one specific ability on him I'm usually using every turn, and that's Rouse, because yeah. a, a jackalope with three energy is quite mobile. A jackalope with five energy is um, well, it's breaking the sound barrier usually. <laughs> And if, and if Daniel happens to give him that Jackalope an extra energy as well, a Jackalope with six energy is actually oh, yeah. thick. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if your Jackalope's got two Moonstones and six energy, you jog two inches and then you hop three times and that's 14 inches of movement. Yeah. And that's without even using well, glue. Yeah. Yeah. The, 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 this, this animal list I sort of outlined at the start, the main, the main way I sort of play it and the main way I'd sell it to people it's just buffing up one animal to such an extreme degree and then just missiling it around everywhere. So you can either have this jackalope just pile up moonstones and then just fly off the board, or you can have the beast go up to six energy or whatnot and then just sort of catapult straight into the middle of the enemy uh, troop and just start ripping things to shreds. And then in the meanwhile, whilst they're dealing with that, Boris is amassing an army of rat, uh, bunnies and stealing all the moonstones. Yeah. And it's just, uh, it's, it's great fun. The only problem with it is everything is really fragile. So um... yeah, which which is the same in just about any. Uh, but then you have got that thing that in in any Deshabot list, you've probably got a lot of healers. Yeah, uh, I mean, I mean, the... you got. Oh, sorry. I mean, the, the difficult with that is obviously Chubbs is a healer, but he can't do heal and rouse at the same time. Yeah. So I mean, if you've got Daniel, Daniel can give him one, and then he can do both. Yeah. Um, then you're not giving it to someone else. So. Um, yeah. in a pure, I, I mean, you, you can't really run a pure fawn list yet. Um, you'll yeah. be able to soon because the next three fawns will be coming out basically as soon as the lockdown. Yeah. Um, and then you do have, another, and then you do have another healer. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously the rules aren't out for Mister Toodles yet, but I, I will say that he he does slot very nicely into this list where um, where Gwendolyn is maybe or. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I do like when I, I do really like Rendell, and I'd be loath to replace her in that list. But he does slot in very nicely because yeah, he's a well, he is a fawn, as you could probably tell. Yeah. Lots yeah. I mean, I, I played Jack. Jack. We didn't film them because we were play. We, we're we're not really filming playtesting anymore because it doesn't really sort of work in the long term when you filmed it because the characters change and things. But Jack's mm. recent, the, one of our most some of our most recent games that we playtesting games. But he's been playtesting the fawns. Um, yeah. And he's taken pure pure fawn lists, um, and actually, yeah, basically, the the set that is Gloom, Chubbs, and who comes with those two? Remember now? Uh, it will be the Wendigo. It was the right. Jackalope. Yeah. yeah. So, but basically, the not even including Boris, he just took the the the, the, the six that you'd get in the two troop boxes. Mm. Um, was actually really quite good. Um, I think the second game he did take Boris and he dropped. I think he dropped. Come if he dropped now. He did, but he did take Boris. Um, but yeah, yeah, Chubbs will fit really well into a into a fawn list. Mm. Well, they've got the because of Rouse, but um, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, just a, yeah, just the flexibility to stick two energy on any of your extra models, and at least how I've played the fawns, it's um, kind of similar to the animals where it's where it says this hyper mobility. And, yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of feel like fawns, fawns should be really mobile. Oh yeah. No, I mean, just like from a narrative point of view, I mean, Boris to a lesser extent, but then he isn't particularly, <laughs> just yeah. the bunnies that are, but, you know, fawns are quite sort of sort of athletic animals, yeah. so they should be quite mobile. I mean, Gloom is just like a hunched over kind of wizard. Um, yeah. I quite like the Gloom, but something for me that's special about Gloom is that um, I, I helped come up with the idea of him holding a lantern. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, because basically he already had all his abilities. My my idea for the lantern was that because obviously Moonstone is played at night. Um, oh, yeah, my idea is that the lantern produces the shadow that he then jumps into. Oh, oh, I like it. And, and he produces the smothering darkness with the because mm. the lantern produces shadows produce darkness. So, um, oh, oh. The, the idea that the lantern came in. Um, yeah. He's a really yeah. cool gloom. He's a really he's quite creepy, which he's yeah. supposed to be. Um, yeah, but even this old gnarled man is, you know, sort of tele- teleporting around everywhere and increasing the speed of his sort of companions instead. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. I think that's the gnomes covered for not the gnomes. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've done one gnome, but um not yeah, that one. Um so yeah, do you want to end? I think we'll, we'll we'll start wrapping it up now. But do you want to end by talking about some lists and some? We obviously talked about you know combos and synergies between. Yeah. But do you want to talk a little bit about um, particular lists? Yeah, maybe, maybe, so that maybe, maybe think of try to keep it a bit shorter. We could always save it for another podcast. Um, oh no, I've got I've got one more list on mine because I've already talked about that animal list, which is. My, my, I was going to say, choose your two favourite and, and tell, tell me those. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to do. Yeah, basically. Because that, that animal list is no doubt my favourite. But my, so, so very... what exactly is in your animal list then? Like, um, if you had six, you have to take six. So not, not tournament where you get to bring eight or nine and choose six. Oh, yeah. You have to just choose six for an animal list. Oh, oh yeah, easy. Um, yeah, Bor- um, Boris, Gloom, Chubbs, Jackalope. Uh, what was it? Beast and Gwendolyn. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of animals buffing up Boris and being uh, catapulted around and then Gwendolyn lending a few more heals and a bit more mobility. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And that's um, kind of covered. I think we've kind of covered the pros of that throughout the podcast. But that, that's exactly what I thought yeah. you were going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but that is a, that is a really good animal like, list. Yeah. Animal well, list. I mean, if you, I mean, if you, yeah, yeah. Here's a, here's a plug for if you check the Facebook page. I don't know when the last time I posted one, but I have got a blog where I write about all these things. And that yeah. animal one is one I wrote about in quite extensive detail, which I got. I went into more detail than I have here. But yeah, that's that's yeah, that's by far my favourite one. My close second one, which I'm writing about now, and I've get around to publishing that eventually uh as a witch list and yeah three witch uh, if i was yeah if I, once again if i was go over to six uh three witches obviously because well, it's, it's hardly a witch list if you haven't got three witches <laughs> and then 
um, so slightly more brute force um, instead of going for some more support options. I, f- I personally find that the three witches in themselves um, offer quite enough support as is. So what the first couple of things I chuck into a, a witch list after the witches, first thing I'll chuck in is always Lubard because... Yeah. I mean, Danica puppeteering him and making him go on even more sprees and giving him more energy, it's just phenomenal. Um, second one is I like sticking the jackal open because you can, because yeah. you can, yeah, you can stick, kind of get Danica to pretend she's chubs and get to stick two energy on uh, jackalope and then Antonia can sort of pretend to be Gwendolyn as well and you've sort of got a sort of subset of the animal list in that one model where the jackalope cat has got has got the energy to go around um, murdering stuff but at the same time has got flexibility from Antonia and potentially Puppeteer to sort of get a little movement out so jack- jackalope is sort of yeah the all round model that loves to be buffed and <laughs> Then if I'm choosing a sixth model, it's Brother Daniel, because right. that that that, that damage. Oh, sorry. No, go on. I, I just said that, that 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 makes sense to bring him. Yeah. Yeah. That that damage the uh, Dan the yeah the Danica's um damage pulse that gives energy. It's just Brother Daniel combos so well with it. He he gets the additional energy, so he can pulse heal twice. So. I mean, those two in combination gives your entire team one extra energy. I um, I think he's better the more models you're playing with because then obviously you can catch more models in the pulse and then you've got... And then, yeah, because obviously you want uh, a few models to actually go out there and collect the moonstones and damage stuff. And I think the problem with adding more support models to the witches is you can kind of saturate and have too much support. So that's one mm. of the first thing I tend to add, uh, the big sort of the big things which go and collect all the moonstones and kill stuff first, like Lubard and the Jackalope. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, I mean, honestly, pretty much everything works well with the witches because the witches' main, at least the, the main shtick for me with the witches is uh, D- uh, Danica just giving loads of st- uh, energy stuff. And well, everything in the game likes more energy, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, like, like you say, the, the, the three witches together kind of fill most of the roles you need. Mm. Um, they, they haven't got long, they haven't got long range damage, but, nah. they, but, but that's not necessarily a big deal, but yeah. they basically fill, they fill three, three roles, giving extra energy, meddling with arcane decks, healing, moving people around, mm. um, combat. Um, yeah, they, they, they fill, the three of them together pretty much fill the roles of that you need to look for in most builds, really. Yeah. Um, I really like the three. I really like the witches. Um, mm. They're kind of my favourite, like, combination. The, I, I think the witches is probably my favourite troop box. I know I haven't bought them as a troop box. Mm. I bought them from Dutter. They're my favourite troop box because out of any okay. any troop box there is, they are the three that will always go together. I mean, I mean, Tom. Tom designs the troop boxes so that you, when you buy a troop box of three, they do go together. They will yeah. have things in common. They will work together as as a troop box. But I, with the witches, I, I think personally, possibly more than just about any troop box, they will really, really work well together. Which is kind of the point. They're mm. supposed to. Um, oh yeah, definitely. 
and I and I like the fact that um, you've got like young, middle, and old, and, and the, the sort of the myth around them and the narrative around them as well. I like the narrative around all all the characters really, but um, yeah, the, the 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 narrative bios for those three have been written by um, a woman called Susie, who's helping with the, the narrative. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, oh, I didn't know she did those ones. Now. <laughs> I think, she, I think she's done those ones. I think she did those ones. I don't think Richie did them. I've done a few. I've done Daniel. I've done Kavanagh. Um, actually, I haven't done any other. I haven't done any other Lesherville, actually. I've just done those. Those are the only two Lesherville that I've written. Because I've, I've done some of them as well. But I've done... So I, I, um, I came up with the concept of most of the scenarios that were going to be in book two. Um, and I've written the narrative for six of the scenarios in book two um but but the, the, sorry, it's complete aside now but scenarios are quite fun <laughs> scenarios i find scenarios quite fun to write because you don't you haven't got to worry in the slightest about it being even <laughs> <laughs> that's basically not really the point of the scenarios the scenarios are to add something extra and a bit fun to, they're not things you can you're not going to use them in tournaments so like one of my favourite scenarios that I came up with was is the goblin is the pirate scenario. Um, I did a which, film of it. Well, I've, I've played all of them. They're crazy. Which one are you talking about? What, the one on the boat. The one on the boat. Yeah. No, I just remember that just... one. I won. I won the first the first time I played this. That I won it by um, getting C six due to um, rough tide somebody off the boat. Yeah, but that's the whole point of it. It should be just really ridiculous and funny. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I mean, I played it, I, I, I played tested it with my friend Ryan, not with Jack, that one. And we played like three games of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> game takes about 20 minutes, <laughs> you're done. Yeah. Because turn one, oh, people have, one, someone's fallen off the ship and two have died. <laughs> um, and it's just, it was, that was just really, I just really, I was really pleased with the concept of that one that I came, that I came oh, up yeah. with. Because it just, it was just so fun to come up with it. Um, but anyway, I think we've just about covered the Lesher Vault. Um, I, I think so. I, I think I think in, in our two hours and forty minutes we've covered the lecture. <laughs> <laughs> well, well it's, um, it's, it's good we did it now and not in like a year's time when there was even more because God knows how long it would have gone on for. If, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll have to do. Yeah, we'll have to do more when more stuff comes out. Definitely, but um, yeah. yeah. Is there anything that you? Okay, I, I know what I was going to ask. I know that I did. I did this a bit last time. I put you on the spot okay. a bit. So last oh, right. time I you. Last time I asked you what is the one you the most the single model you're most looking forward to, I'm not going to ask you that again because that hasn't really changed because not much is coming out at the moment. Yeah. But I am going to ask. Yeah, I think I know. The, <laughs> <laughs> I think I know well, the answer, but yeah. I'm going to ask which is your single favourite Lechevolt character. Oh God! I. You, I, I I'm going to make you choose one. Three. I don't. Ah, oh, you. <laughs> um. Hmm. Can I plug my tournament whilst I'm thinking? <laughs> yes, you can plug your tournament while you're thinking. Yeah, go on. Um, so it it was due to be next month, but obviously that's well, I was I was overly cautious, so that's been pushed back now. But yeah, if you're in the UK, um, Bristol, um, 19th of September, I think. Um, um, I'm going to be running a f- hopefully a four round tournament. There's four tickets left at the moment. 
Um, I'm hoping to get 16 players because I would love to be able to run a 16 player tournament. I had a blast at the last one. And yeah, come along. It should be good fun. Tickets only seven quid, four rounds of Moonstone. Um, there's going to be price support, best painted and whatnot. So yeah, come along. It'll be good. I'm trying to yeah, pan out for as possible whilst I think of my favorite Leshevolt character because this is quite a tough <laughs> yeah, question. I, 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 yeah, I remember t- talking to Tom about talking to Tom about that first tournament. He said it was really good and he really, it was it was really good fun. Um, I think to ask you, I, I, I've I've run like three tournaments and I've um, played obviously in the one that I played against you in, and a couple of other tournaments have been won. I don't know a single tournament that's been run where people haven't had a good time. <laughs> Moonstone is yeah. su- Moonstone is su- I mean, it's a really good game and we both really love it and I absolutely it's my favourite game I've ever played, but it's also just a really sociable game. Yeah, um, I mean, the way- a bit of a, I was going to say there's a bit of a community building up in Bristol at the moment. I'm I'm enjoying every game. It's um yeah great fun to meet up with people and uh, sort of share this game which we all really enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I think Bristol's definitely like the heart of Moonstone. Obviously, with you there and with Tom there, it's it's really become like kind of epicenter. Um, mm. But I think like what I was going to what I was going to say is like Moonstone is a really sociable game because you have to interact with your opponent. Yeah, I mean, when you like, when you play like, like don't get me wrong, like, don't get me wrong, like I I I freaking love playing forty k and I love lots of other games. I'm not saying I don't like playing them and they're not, they're not sociable, but because you have to, with the way you bluff and, you, and the melee in this, you have to interact with your opponent. You have to be trying to read them. You have to be talking to them. You almost have to engage them in conversation to try and learn a bit about them while, while you play. Yeah. It makes you make, the, the, the best players in Moonstones, I think, are the ones who are quite sociable because you can draw things out of your opponent. Mm. It, it's also nice that there's always something going on as well. Like even when your opponent's activating and doing stuff, there's still things to think about, decisions to make, and yeah. it, it it means you don't. It means you can't. Your opponent's not going to say, "Oh, it's my turn," and you feel like going away for ten minutes, making a cup of tea. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you can't sit back ever. Yeah, obviously, exactly. Aside from the fact you might you you got to adjust your strategy as they're performing theirs and things. So anyway, if you thought your best character yet. Oh, it's, well, uh, uh, Gwendolyn. I'll go with Gwendolyn because she can splash into Dominion as well, and yeah. Dominion's great. I, 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 I almost and, wrote it down. I, I almost wrote one down to see if it was going to be the same, and it would have been Gwendolyn. But uh, okay. <laughs> I think most yeah, people listening would have guessed Gwendolyn. But um, yeah, I mean, great yeah. model, great rules. Uh, can be used in Dominion as well. So she's she's uh, so I can use her with pirates. And pirates are fantastic. She's yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but Jackalope and Boris come very close second. Well, I can't, I can't separate those two either. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think the thing with Gwendolyn is that she can fit into just about a bit like, a bit like Daniel can fit into almost any Commonwealth and Leshevolt list in some capacity. Gwendolyn can fit into almost any Dominion and Leshevolt list in some capacity. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, being able to heal and move people it's like well that's the two things i need yeah. you to do oh, um, yeah. I mean, she, yeah she brings abilities which any and every list will want and she brings them in one neat package so unlike sort of like boom boom and uh beaky bobby where you've got to take up two slots i mean she combines them into one very nicely it's yeah really good yeah definitely brilliant well we'll call right. it there I'll, um yes. i'll stop the recording obviously and then we can Finishing off, we want to talk about, but um, yeah, I'll just say on, on the recording, like, thanks a lot again. Um, no problem, 
really really good to have you having you on here and have a chat. Thanks thanks for staying on so long. Well I'll also have to I'll also have to record some kind of outro for this as well. <laughs> so, so we're hitting we're hit, we're hitting we're pretty close to three hours. <laughs> Oh, that's impressive. Um, it's great. I mean, we, we're producing some extensive content for people to listen to, so um, yeah. it's all good. It's been a great one to to do. To do. We've really covered all the bases with this one. We've covered oh. we've covered you know we've covered narrative, we've covered models, we've covered play styles, we've covered combos, we've covered combinations with other factions. Really, yeah. we've covered everything anyone could have asked for, and that's that's great. That's really right. great. That means I, I, mean, I haven't got to do another podcast for at least another two months. <laughs> <laughs> um cool yeah, yeah. thanks a lot joe no what we could miss yeah not a problem uh right i'll stop recording there thanks a lot right that's the end of a very long podcast um, again, yeah, thanks a lot, Joe, for coming on. Um, it was great to have Joe on. Um, really enjoyed having very long chat about Moonstone. Particularly nice because we're in this horrible coronavirus lockdown and I haven't played any Moonstone for a long time. I haven't even really discussed it that much recently. So actually, it was, I didn't really think about it before I started, but it was particularly nice to have a really good chat about Moonstone again. Uh, anyone that knows the channel, the Yoldi Battle Depths, will have seen that we've been playing some solo games of 40k and things, but um, and it's been fun. It's, been, it's, been, it's, it's helped actually, um, helped stem the addiction a little bit, but um, it's not the same as playing the games with a, with a friend, so it was good to have a chat with someone about gaming again. Um, and as I said at the beginning, Joe, Joe really is a wealth of knowledge of, um, sort of strategic play. Um, yes, you're right, he's not the person I'm going to go to to ask about narrative, <laughs> but he is very good when it comes to seeing combos and combinations and working strategies and um, particularly competitive play. So I'll definitely get him back again at some point to talk about um, competitive troops that he wants to, to, wants to use, I think. I might even do like a whole podcast like sort of about him, really, and about his... Um, his play style, other games he's played and things like that. I've done, a, I've done one other interview one before, I think I might be nice to do another one. Um be interesting interesting insight as a player, what else he's played before and things like that. But that was Leshevolt, that was everything that's currently came out with the Kickstarter. There was obviously a lot more in the pipeline as there always is. Um hopefully when this lockdown is over, the next few things to come out is there's some more goblins coming out. There's a goblin king um, the Mortician, Herbert Growbottom, who's the evolved version of Grub, that's one troop box. Ribold, who you've heard us talk about before, you know, the big troll with a cannon on his back is coming out soon, the Goblin Airship's coming out. Dim and Dimmer, who's the giant we mentioned, is coming out soon. Uh, obviously all the Leshevolt will come out. There's a new Fawn set coming out soon, as again, as soon as things can. It's got three new Fawns in, it's got uh, Jada who's this kind of, um, uh, which is an archer, essentially, which is like an athletic fawn archer. Then you've got Hoff coming out soon, who's sort of, uh, almost like a sort of, like, typical sort of military captain. Um, carries a big axe, has a hunting horn. Mr. Toodle, who's basically a stoner. Um, literally, he's a, he's a fawn in a waistcoat 
playing a small wooden pipe. Um, uh, so that's another troop box, and then obviously the rest of Lash will come out as well. Um, don't know what else there is, and then there's some new, which I won't mention too much more, but there's some new Dominion humans in the pipeline coming along, and there's some more Commonwealth humans coming as well, some more nobles coming, which should be very interesting. It's a very interesting time for Moonstone at the moment. There seems to be a lot of people joining the Facebook group, which is great, because like every day we're approving two, three people joining the Facebook group. There's a lot more content seems to be coming on the Facebook group at the moment, people posting their pictures of games they've played, or models they've painted, or questions they're asking. There's a lot more, seems to be a lot going on at the moment, which is interesting, because the entire world's in lockdown, but actually... Um, People seem to, and maybe it's because Moonstone could actually be quite a family game. People are still playing and looking at Moonstone, which is which is fantastic. Um, and I will say it one more time as well. At the beginning, we mentioned it at some point as well. Is um, please check out the Tabletop Simulator. Uh, it's on Steam, I believe. I don't know much about the system itself because I haven't played it. I don't have the capacity to do that because I don't have a PC to play it on, but. Seems to be getting very good reviews. People seem to be quite excited to buy it. So, um, so check that out. Go on Steam. Check out Tabletop Simulator. If you're on, if you're on the, if you're not on it, then blimey, you should be. Go on, join the Facebook Moonstone Players, um, and there's lots of links to the to the Tabletop Simulator on there. Um, and as Joe said in that, please check out the Discord server as well. Um, I don't have the address for it, but it's just it's Discord Moonstone on Discord. Um, I need to check it out more myself. Actually, every day that I haven't and. I didn't. I didn't actually realize how many people were on it when I joined. I joined it right at the beginning. I was one of the first sort of five on it, and there wasn't seem, didn't seem to be a lot on it. But clearly, a lot of people have joined it, and it seems to be a bit more of a hub of information. So I need to join that myself. Um, not really much more to add. I don't think I'm going to try and. I think after this podcast, now that's motivated me to do a bit more painting of my um, moonstone models. I haven't paint, I've not done a lot of Moonstone painting. I've been painting a lot of Sisters of Battle and Space Marines because those are the mo- and my Imperial Knights for 40k because that's the games I've been playing. Like I said, but this is actually this has made me feel like I want to paint up um, Gwendolyn particularly. I think because I said it's an amazing model. I haven't painted it, and as Joe said, it's a, it's a she's a great model on the tabletop. So I'll try and get Gwendolyn painted next. I think, and obviously you know I'll, I'll put those pictures up on Facebook as well. Um, yeah, thanks a lot for listening. Um, do check out the rest of the podcast if you're starting with this one. There's lots of other content on there. Check out Yoldi Battle Reps. Um, we've got an awful lot of Moonstone videos on there now, both um, Bat Reps, but also discussion videos on there too. Um, yep, yeah, check us check, check me out on Twitter. Check out the uh, Facebook Players Group. Check out Discord. If you want to help support the podcast and support the channel, producing more Moonstone content, please check out our Patreon page. I keep thinking I'm going to revamp the Patreon page a little bit and add rewards and things, but basically, you know, more money could mean um, like a microphone to improve the recording quality. Um, I could get some software to improve the recording quality because this is literally me recording it on my phone and using apps to, to, to edit it. So it's a very basic system I've got, which is why often the quality is not great, to be honest, but um, I don't have the money to spend on on that my own money and i'm not going to spend it um i'll be honest um so yeah please check out the patreon page it will help we you know for the channel we bought new lights we bought new mats um we bought 
like new stands for the camera and things. Um, that does it has helped. You know, the, the Patreon has has made improvements to the channel. I wouldn't have bought the lights without it. Um, so yeah. All right. Hope you enjoyed that. Um, certainly, I did. Uh, I'm not sure if I've hit the three hour mark on this or not, but we'll see. Thanks <laughs> um, for listening. Uh, not going to be yell. Happy war gaming. Maybe. See you next time.